Rundown. I am your host, Ginger, and back in the host chair, the man that was missing last week. You guys might have missed him on the NXT Rundown, but he's here this week. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Jason. I feel fairly safe that no one missed me. Hell, I wouldn't have missed myself. So, uh, <laughs> But it is nice to be back. I spent the week over in AEW land, and uh, it's funny because after like two weeks ago on this very show, complimenting AEW and saying how I honestly felt like they had had the better show for a while. Uh, they put on a shit show last week when I was on AEW and NXT had the far better show. So um, just sort of <laughs> happens that way. Uh, so I sort of jinxed myself with that. But no, I was, it was fun hanging out with uh, Sal and Adam for a night and just sort of getting to a little fresh view of things and looking at a different product. Um, so I, I enjoyed myself. But uh, you and Troy did a great job holding it down here, though. Thanks. Appreciate that. Yeah, we, we had fun. Two soundboards is um, interesting, to say the least. Two um, soundboards and no horse cocks. No. no, no. Now, we had discussed the fact that your chair was so, your host chair was so high because of your cock height. Well, you know. uh, Troy's feet were like five feet off of the ground while sitting down. So, <laughs> but yeah, you're back. Happy to have you back. Um,. You know, there's one thing in this world that is never fun to deal with, Jason. You you, you know what that is? Uh, I can think of a few things, but mm. well, I mean the Bellas podcast things, being one. Yes, one of those things is one missing WWE rundown because I love shitting on their product. Because Raw just fucking sucks. And also, the reason I missed that was because every draining pipe in my house would not go down into the septic. That's not That's shitty. a big problem. Good? I said, that sounds shitty. Yeah, it was. Oh, it was. So... That's the reason I missed the rundown on Tuesday was because I was helping my dad deal with um, a shitty situation, so to speak. Hey, shit was fine till you moved in. I'm blaming you. Well, <laughs> at first I thought it was because of us. Um, but then once he dug up the pipe and we looked and we saw roots growing into the pipe clogging and stopping toilet paper so it bunched a bunch of things up oh. and proceeded to back everything up because it would catch the toilet paper more toilet paper get flushed it would catch that and so on and so forth um so my dad ended up uh pulling one of the 
side pieces of the pipe off and you fucking just rammed a fucking bar through and he had me flush the toilet and you heard probably one of the nastiest plunk noises I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. Uh, because we obviously had the septic open to make sure that everything was flowing. Right. Uh, so that happened on Tuesday. And uh, so I, he, he ended up, he, my, my dad runs his own business uh, doing garage doors and windows and such. And if you're in the area, hit him up. Newton Glass and Garage Door. Feel free to contact him. Uh, but he ended up leaving work early on Tuesday to kind of deal with the process because the shower was clogging. Uh, the toilets wouldn't flush. And there was lots of poop in our toilets, and that tends to be a problem. So after popping that open, cramming a pipe down there and unblocking everything and removing a lot of tree roots, um, thankfully, our shitter is flowing properly now. There you go. Well, congratulations. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't really do much. I kind of just he. I, I kind of just like was his um, uh, laborer, where I just did things that he told me to do, and I did it. Because I've never had to deal with a septic that's, system that, before. That's called being a sub, Ginger. Yeah, a sub. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, all the credit to him. Um, a lot of things have. He's honestly been busy, so fucking busy since we moved in. We put in a new shower in the downstairs bathroom, which obviously, obviously I've been helping him, but he's been doing a majority of the work because he works in the morning and then I go to work at night. Right. So uh, I, I honestly can't think of enough. And, uh, yeah, it's it's been one thing right after the next. And then uh, our dog Shaggy, that is a 13-year-old Sharpay, um, all of a sudden was not coming downstairs, uh, what was it, uh, Tuesday as well. That happened Tuesday. So my dad had to bring it to the vet, and apparently there's this thing called Sharpay fever. Only it just, they just, they get a fucking fever just randomly. And they said that's probably the cause of it, so I looked up symptoms and shit and uh, for the past, for the few days before, she really wasn't eating breakfast. She would eat breakfast, but she wouldn't eat dinner or vice versa. And then all of a sudden, she felt hot and ended up like, and she, she's an old pop. Sharpays normally make it to only about nine years, and she's four years past that. So she's pushing nice and strong, but uh, a little scary. Um, I don't know she, she she's okay. She's acting better now. Well, she's barking at every fucking thing that goes by the house or is in the yard or anything. So she's pretty much back to normal. She gets a little hot flashes, but you know they put her on some meds and she seems to be okay now, thankfully. But, oh, glad to hear it. Yeah. Uh, and then today my kids just wouldn't give up. <laughs> You want to teach your kids to never give up, right? Oh, yeah, but t- not, when, not when it comes to testing my patience. Uh, and my daughter is now coming into the terrible twos. So uh, her brother has taught her quite well, so to speak, on 
how to push my buttons. Uh, so it's been um, it's been a hectic few week few uh, few days. Uh, I did start my new job last week. Um, I will. Uh, well, so there's positives and negatives. Uh, the positives are I don't put nearly as much as many miles on my vehicle. That's good. Uh, the downside is, uh, tippers in Haverhill, Massachusetts are fucking assholes. <laughs> okay. Uh, for instance, so are you making more money at the old place tip-wise? I'm making about the same, maybe a little bit more. Okay. But that's because I'm taking probably 10 to 15 more deliveries a night. Uh, last night I had six deliveries, um, straight in a row. Not one of those people tipped, so that started off my day fantastically. Oh, uh, and then, thankfully, you know, a few people tipped me halfway decent, a little bit above average, and made up for it. But the one thing is, and I, I can't remember if I brought this up on this network or not, but why is it a custom to tip a waitress twenty percent, but a delivery jo- driver, eh, couple bucks? Well, I usually try to tip the delivery guys better than that, but I mm-hmm. also think there's the notion that the delivery guy brings your food one time, whereas the waitress is sort of responsible for back and forth, and I need more drinks, I need this, I need that. So they're, they're you know what I mean? I think that's sort of the okay. the idea in people's heads. Maybe. So with with that argument, because I, I I do agree with that, but at the same time, you don't have to leave the comfort of your home. When sure. we bring you your food, okay. Yeah. Uh, especially right now with, you know, yeah. how the whole fucking country is right now. Yeah. Uh, we beat the shit out of our cars while waitresses are in the same building. Okay. Um, we use gas. Mm-hmm. You know, you go to pay for that. Um, I think most people assume that you get some sort of stipend for the gas from your employer. See, that's the shitty part, too, is uh, a lot of places, most places nowadays, charge a delivery charge right nine times out of ten the delivery driver does not get that okay so right or, or they get a very small portion of that delivery charge okay. um like right now i make they they charge three dollars for a delivery i get a dollar of that okay so you're getting 30 percent off so, of it so we're getting yeah it's 33 percent but people look at it as oh Three dollars is going to them. Why should I have to tip another five dollars right. when I can just give them two dollars? That's how. But people I mean, see it. In, in your def- on your side of that coin too. I mean, even okay, you say well, you're getting thirty three percent of that. Yes, but you're also, I mean, driving the fifteen stops to make fifteen dollars in that end. So you know, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So uh, that, that it, it just bothers me a little bit because people see that three dollar charge. Oh, that automatically goes to the driver. So that that sort of brings up an interesting dilemma that I find myself with all the time. Like when I go to like a restaurant and I pick up my food, okay, Mm -hmm. they'll have that little line at the bottom that says tip. And I always zero it out because I'm picking up the food. Yeah. Some people have told me that they tip in that scenario. Like For what? Like – so you don't ever tip a kitchen staff, and those are really the only people that would. Uh, yes. Yep. Because I'm going and picking up my food. Now, mm-hmm. what is sort of a gray area for me is curbside takeout, because I'm still driving all the way there to pick up my food, though somebody does have to 
bring it outside yeah. to me. Still. I, I, I typically don't. Around the holidays, I do. Um, around yes. Christmas, I, I'll, I'll throw something into those people. I typically mm-hmm. don't. I don't know if that's right. Or I don't know what the sort of um, acceptable response societally is to that. Uh, but uh, I, I, don't, I don't think there's an actual acceptable answer. Some people can choose to and some people don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't find – I mean – like you said, the holidays, sure, I'll throw them a couple bucks. Uh, if it's a big, I will say, if it's a pickup order and it's like a fucking $200 order, I'll throw, I'll, if I go in, I will still throw them a couple extra bucks because, you know, they, they fucking bring out like eight bags of fucking food for you and shit like that. Now, typically, for the record, if they have like the little tip jar on the counter, I'll throw a buck or two in there if I have cash on me, which isn't all that often. But if I do, yeah. I will throw it in there. Yeah, I'll throw my change in if I'm paying cash or anything like that. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, it just it, it fucking bugs me that people, you know, oh the waitress gets twenty percent. Oh, let's tip this delivery driver two bucks when the order's like fifty, sixty bucks. Mm. That's what I could see that. Yeah, yeah, and and like and another point to that is. Delivery drivers do not get – they get paid less than minimum wage. Like right mm-hmm. now, I make $6 an hour. So it's similar to a waitress in that sense. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we work off the tips just like the waitresses do. Right. So – and that, that's, that's – You know what? Honestly, bag. you just you sort of opened my eyes to that because I never had thought of it from that perspective. So I will yep. – I don't get I don't get delivery that often. I'm more mm-hmm. of a – I like to just go out for a drive every now and then. So even if it's like ten minutes away, I'll typically oh, yeah. just drive and go pick up my own stuff. But oh yeah, normally I'll I do unless like I'm like oh shit I gotta I I just can't go somewhere I gotta get shit right. done in the house I'll just get a delivery. Well, on the other side of it is I very rarely have cash. I typically operate off credit cards or debit cards or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's more like like I don't have cash to give them and I don't want to give them my credit card over the phone. So I'll just go pick up the fucking shit. So yeah, yeah, but yeah. So there's a little insight for you. Nine times out of ten, they're making less than minimum wage delivery drivers. Good to know. Yeah, nice little insider insider go. knowledge. There you go. So, but uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, the 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 place is cool. It's a kind of a hole in the wall place. It's good food, but yeah. it's um, it's uh, you know, very tight quarters, so to speak. Yeah. So that that's the only downside of it. But I will say, I take. 10 to 15 more deliveries a night. Okay. So, yeah, it's – and and I put less miles in my car than I did when I was driving for the – Now, where were you delivering before? Uh, so there were, we went to five towns. Um, went to Stratum, Exeter, uh, parts of Northampton, uh, parts of Hampton, uh, and uh, parts of East Kingston – and fuck, there was one more town, but sometimes it could take it, it could have taken twenty minutes to get to one deli- to get to the drop off spot. Okay. So now it, the the farthest one I've taken is ten minutes, and most of most of the other ones five six minutes. So so before you were in New Hampshire primarily, yes. and now you're in Massachusetts primarily. Correct. Okay, so do you think the fact that there's like no tax or whatever in New Hampshire adds to the fact that you might make a little more money in tips up there. Uh, well, I I made more. I make more than I did. A little bit more than in Hampshire. I mean, on, on like a per but, yeah. house basis. Yeah. Um. 
Probably not because Exeter, Stratum, they're kind of like Richie towns. Okay. So that the people have a little bit of extra cash to give where, and uh, this isn't a knock on Haverhill or anything like that, but I mean, it could, I can't speak for the people it's, that tip and stuff, but it's funny that you say that. Cause it's like sort of the, 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 Sort of the, the phrasing people use is that the people who are least likely to give up money are the people who have the most of it. It's just that's yeah, you know. yep. But and that that's another thing too. Like uh, I went, I did, I did take a delivery to a pretty nice place, and I think the order was like seventy bucks, and I got a dollar. Jesus Christ! Yeah, see, that's, <laughs> like, wow. Yeah, now I know shit. how you can afford this because you are a shitty tipper. Yeah, I think I typically with drive with with uh, drive delivery drivers, I I have always sort of tended to operate on like a ten percent rule, but um, you know, well, now, that is too. But at the same time, like you know, like like now you know we yeah. make less than minimum wage, right? So yeah, but good yeah. to know. Yeah, definitely. So. Enough about my fucking pathetic ass. How's everything with you, sir? Uh, well, I guess I should talk about it since I did hint around it on uh, the WWE rundown the other day. Um, like I said, there was some news, and I couldn't say anything because the event that we were going to wasn't until Wednesday. Uh, but it's happened now. It's been in the paper. So uh, my son, I've talked about him playing AAU baseball Um where we live in the Worcester area recently, the Pawtucket Red Sox have just moved to Worcester. They're going to start playing there this season, uh, and they've become the Woo Sox. Um, so my son's AAU program has become the affiliate team for the Woo Sox. So now he is one of the junior Woo Sox, which is um, pretty cool. Like the jerseys are Red Sox style jerseys, and um, they've got. Uh, they're, apparently they're going to get to play a game on the on the Woo Sox field, the nice big MLB field. They're going to get to uh, uh, get some um, guests to come in for camps and stuff with the kids from the Red Sox, and just nice. sort of a genuinely cool thing for him. And he was super excited about it. So um, his dream has always been to play for the Red Sox. So now if he doesn't make it to major leagues, he still can say he sort of put on the colors. So it's sort of, yeah. sort of a cool deal. Yeah, uh, you, um, you you shared a picture, and he had a fucking big smile on yeah. his face with the jersey on. Yeah, yeah. No, it was very, very cool. Um, Very cool to see. So uh, That's awesome. As a parent, those are sort of the things, like, you vicariously live through your children's happiness. So, oh, yeah. Um, it, it was pretty awesome. So, um. Nice. In other big news, as of today, I'm officially eligible to put in for my COVID-19 vaccine. Yeah. Uh, that's the good news. The bad news is nobody in Massachusetts fucking has any. So um, <laughs> <laughs> trying all day to like sign up or find places. Uh, we found one in Putnam, Connecticut, but then we couldn't get it because I'm not from Connecticut. So oh. uh, even though it's literally like right over the border. So, oh. um, you know, that sucked. And then there was one that was like... Greenfield, I think, which is like, I'm like, what the fuck is that? And I looked, it's like an hour and a half drive, and I'm like, it's one thing if it was a one shot, but then I have to go back there in four weeks, yeah, and it's yeah, that's true. Like, I'm sure there's going to be something closer soon at some point. So, uh, oh, first day it's available, I think everybody's going to jump on the appointments, but people oh, yeah. cancel, things will free up, I'm sure. So, um, but yeah, so that's sort of exciting news for me. I'm looking forward to getting that done. Oh yeah. 
sort of having just that comfort. Now, you said you were on the list. Have you gotten yours yet? I have not. It is happening, actually, uh, March 17th, I believe, is my date. Okay. So my wife had both of hers now. She said, uh, as she, I think, detailed on Twat Magic at one point, her second one, first mm. one, no problems at all. Second one was fine, and then about 24 hours later, felt like shit for about 24 hours, and then she was fine yep. again. So. Yeah. My dad got his already, and... Um, he had the basic symptoms, uh, uh, restlessness, um, couldn't sleep very well, and just shit like that. That that's he he got all the minimal shit. So yeah, he's got he's got his second shot coming up, I think, next week. So oh, he had that for the first shot. Yeah, it was for the oh, okay. first one. See, most people with the first shot that I've that have gotten it that I know have said it was nothing. They were fine, no problems, no side yeah, effects. Yeah, I, I think it, everybody's different, so I think yeah. it's just how your body's reacting to it. That's yeah. all. Sure. Um, very true. But yeah, so um, yeah, just now hoping there's uh, these snowstorms are as small as they are projecting them to be in Massachusetts at least. And yeah. uh, obviously thoughts are with the people in the Midwest, particularly Texas, who are really struggling right now. Um, you know, it's a really rough time, except for Ted Cruz because he's in Cancun. But uh, he's flying back. <laughs> Yeah, because everyone found out. Would he fucking? <laughs> do you think for a second he's flying back if that wasn't a head, headline well, story in every paper in the country? Do you know what his excuse was? Yeah, his daughters. He blamed his kids. Yeah. yeah he, oh, I was just making sure they got to Cancun okay. By the way, blaming women, a, a common characteristic in Ted Cruz's <laughs> life. Um, <laughs> oh, shit. Didn't, don't, don't people label him a think he's the Zodiac killer, too. Isn't that another yeah, rumor? That, yeah, that's yeah, one yeah. of the rumors about him, yeah. Mr. Zodiac. Probably the most infamous serial killer in America. Never never caught. Just Never caught. Stopped. So either went to jail or died, or both. Or he's Ted Cruz. Um, so <laughs> uh, with that, I didn't even know, like, Texas ever got cold weather? I don't think they really. They don't, expect and that's it, sort of but, the thing. That's that's yeah. the problem is that they don't. So they don't have any infrastructure to deal with it. Like, and then this happened. Uh, you might remember this one. This happened a few years ago in Atlanta, where there was like an inch and a half of snow, and the whole city was shut the fuck down. Oh yeah. Yep. Um, they don't have plows. They don't have salt trucks. They don't have any infrastructure for dealing with this kind of weather, and that's sort of what's really killing uh, Texas now. So. Yeah, well, I mean, I have seen some videos of water just pouring out of apartment buildings and yeah. shit like that because the pipe bursts. It's, mm-hmm. it is, it, you know, we 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 here on the network hope everybody is okay. I mean, they're not okay right now, but we hope everything turns out on the positive side. And I mean, dude, I, I don't know how many of the stories you've heard, but they're like people ripping down their fences to just start a fire to stay warm. It's yep. it's pretty bad out there right now, so. That's uh, you know. shitty, super shitty. And we are uh, we're sending all of our thoughts out to you guys in Texas, and hopefully uh, everyone comes through well. And uh, I know we did some listeners over there, so uh, if if you are listening to us in Texas, and we are in any way putting a smile on your face with this show, you know that's that's part of the reason we do this shit. So mm-hmm. um, you know we're thinking of you guys, and hopefully we can uh, give you some sort of distraction and a couple laughs. Uh, over the next couple hours here so absolutely so with that being said let's go into the news and i'm gonna actually take this this week yeah i was a little busy before the show so (laughs) 
Yeah, because we have the NXT takeover to go over. We have oh, the news. And we have we have a whole plethora. That, that thing I spent so much time working on before the shows. Oh, I might have closed it without saving it. No. I hope not. Oh no, there it is. Okay, it did. Okay, all right. Thank God. Okay. Thank you, Google Sheets. All right. <laughs> um. So let's start off the news with a little bit of a scary thing that happened at the end of NXT last night. Or did um, it? What? Or did it? Or did it? That's a damn good quote right there. Uh. So news came out this morning that. Kyle O'Reilly suffered a seizure after NXT went off the air last night. Now, uh, for those of you that don't know, O'Reilly does uh, have type diabetes. one diabetes, diabetes, and she just turned into Wilford Brimley right there. <laughs> I did uh, diabetes, and uh, they can have seizures out of absolutely nowhere. Diabetic, so yeah. um, he did send out a tweet that said, thanks everyone for checking in. Your love and support truly means the world. I was placed on a stretcher last night out of concern for my neck after receiving a brain buster on the steps. Thankfully I can move around somewhat. Okay. Today, but I may need some time to heal as much as that hurt and sucked last night. The betrayal was worse coming back from this stronger and with a thirst for revenge. Best served cold. So apparently he was just selling his ass off for everybody. And people thought he got fucked up because he did get stretchered out. Um, So, uh, I mean, it's obviously scary, but now obviously we, we know he's okay. So kudos to him for such amazing acting. And selling skills, uh, but yeah, that's 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 scary shit because, like I said, type one diabetes and you know, all the people who has it have you it. You had to very seriously focus on make sure making sure you were saying I that, did. didn't you? Um, well. They they have they do have seizures, so it, it. I mean, I don't know how he sold. Because obviously they didn't show really Kyle. No, my guess is it was something to be filmed for the last week after the after we went off the air for mm-hmm. next week's episode. But uh, news got out by people in, that were in the crowd in attendance. So which doesn't seem to ever happen to AEW. It's weird. <laughs> so uh, I'm glad he's okay. Thank God. <laughs> so uh, so. What was, I had texted that in the feed this morning, and you went, fuck, I think yeah. was your quote. Yeah. Um, or oh shit or something. Yeah. Something. So obviously you were surprised by it. So yeah. it's, uh, like I said, thank God he's okay. That's that's all that matters right now is he's okay, and it was just a work. And he's a fucking hell of a seller. <laughs> yes. So kudos to him for being okay and selling his fucking ass off. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, you weren't here. Speaking of, uh, well, I guess performers, you were not here on um, Tuesday for a WWE rundown, mm-hmm. so you did not get to comment on the signings that we discussed. Um, and I know one in particular that uh, 
like I, I was like I was very familiar with, but I know you are as well. Uh, one Christian Casanova signed by WWE to the NXT brand. Yeah, me and you constantly telling WWE to sign him, and oh. sure enough, it fucking happens. But uh, like, I no, said, like I said, in all the years I've been doing this, and all the years we've done the next big thing, I've literally never seen both of my picks have happened before March. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, did Davies get signed? She's been on national TV. I'm taking that as a win. Okay. All right. But uh, congratulations to you, sir. Uh, oh, it no, was no, only no. it was only a matter of time for yeah. him to get signed. because Which which literally, I remember it's funny because I, I – for, for those that don't know, there, there's some names here that are people Ginger and I worked with on APW. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember the first show – now, Christian had worked for us in VCW. Um, we actually, I talked Bo over there when we were doing the booking into putting the, their secondary title on him. It was the first singles title he ever had. Mm-hmm. Um, because I just, I saw it the second I saw oh, it. Oh, yeah. Like, the, people always talk in this business about that it factor, and they can't describe it, but they know it when they see it. And when I saw Christian, the first time I saw Christian, I said, he's got it. Yep. That thing, whatever it is where he walks through a curtain and people just instantly care about him and they sit up and they take notice. Um, he had that from day one. Everything else was just honing his skills. Um, Especially with his Michael Jackson gimmick. <laughs> right. But uh, but we had him in APW early on, and I remember standing there and I was having a conversation. Woody was uh, in the kitchen, you know, stood a fucking oh, in the kitchen. Oh, wow. Um, but I was standing right outside the kitchen door with Ed Hunt, and we were having a conversation because Christian had just made his debut for APW at the time. And we were having a conversation about about Christian. And I said something to the effect of, we need to put the New England title on this kid. And Ed's like, absolutely, because he's not going to be in the area for very long. Um, and that was sort of the consensus that he and I both had that night was that this kid's going to be signed to a national promotion somewhere soon. Oh, yeah. Uh, probably took longer than I would have expected, to be completely honest with you. But he didn't do a lot of traveling early on in his career. He he sort of started traveling around the country later, whereas a guy like AG was traveling everywhere very early. Um, yeah. So, well, I wouldn't say very early for AG. Well, once he found the retro gimmick. Yes, I mean, yeah. Once that clicked, that was, yeah. yeah. So, um, and with AG, I think I mentioned on the show with AG, he tried so many different things before mm-hmm. he found retro, and, and that was obviously that thing for him. With Christian, you mentioned the Michael Jackson gimmick, and then that was, that was you know, it got him attention to a degree. Yeah. Um, but once he found that that Kilanova, once he found that edge and that switch, it, it was there was no stopping the kid. So, no, no. Um, it was just that last little thing he needed to put it all together, and he did a hell of a job doing that. So, absolutely, but, absolutely. And, and I mean, back to the APW, uh, you know, we kid even made yeah. Todd Sopa look good. Ha! Yeah, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> uh, so. Uh, we have we have this event called the Gilbonk Invitational. It's it's basically like your Royal Rumble. Well, now it's and the Gilbonk Memorial, but yeah, the Gilbonk Memorial. Yeah. Uh, so we said uh, I specifically told the Booker. I said I, Joe, and I told him I was like, make sure that after me and my partner the Sheik are in there, you send out Christian. 
Because a lot of people don't, like, especially in the indies, in the Royal Rumble, you always see spots happen as soon as that person gets in the ring, and then it kind of, they kind of, like, jumble into the mix. Right. So I specifically said, make sure you fucking get Christian as right after me and she come in. So he said, we put a fucking spot together, and he fucking nailed it. And, you know... The kid is a magnificent fucking worker. Uh, he, he's got like you said, he's got the looks. Uh, he's got he's got the fucking body. He's got everything. Like you said, it's the it factor with him. Mm-hmm. So, congratulations to you, sir. I'm so glad I got to step in the ring with him. And uh, best of luck. And you know, knock him fucking dead, man. Absolutely. Sorry, I didn't mean to step on your dick with the news there, but I know we talked about. Oh, it. it's I okay. Figured, I would figure you would have something to say on that subject. So. Oh, absolutely. Fucking so glad for him. Really am. Uh, so another little more serious um, part of the news. Uh, Tuna Fuckface mentioned that Conan has a serious kidney issue and has been hospitalized. Um, Shitface uh, is quoted saying, I know he's hospitalized. Uh, it's a kidney issue. You know, he had a kidney transplant in 2007 and it's pretty serious. There's probably more to the story. It's fairly serious. So according to Meltzer, it's pretty serious, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, not good. Uh, you never like seeing shit like that because kidney is a pretty important thing to the body. Yeah. Uh, and especially where you already had the transplant. Uh, that's, that's not good. No. Not good at all. Uh, no. So we hope he's okay. Uh, you know, it's, yeah. <laughs> There's really nothing more you can say because, like, you know, the guy's been, God, he's been in the, how long has Conan been in the business? Ugh. Well, if you count uh, this time in Mexico before he was even a star in God, America. God, 30 plus years, right? Uh, probably at least, yeah gotta be at least yeah because he still he, he ended up being huge in mexico he was basically the hulk hogan of mexico yep so uh best of luck we hope you get it better and you know it's let's just hope for the best there's not much information more information while as we know is it's, it's serious a yeah it's serious and it's a kidney issue it's about the level <laughs> of reporting we expect from Meltzer, so Oh, yeah, it's a typical bullshit. I hate quoting him, but that's the only quote people have from him. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, in other news, a 61-year-old got powerbombed. Um, nobody really gives a shit about that. Oh, I do. <laughs> I do. I give a lot of shit about that because I remember being told by Meltzer and other AEW stands that they would do everything cinematic and keep him safe and... He wouldn't be taking bumps, and it wouldn't be fucking... Oh, yeah, really? Yeah, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, if you did not watch AEW and live basically on a rock or aren't on social media, Sting took a powerbomb from Steroid Cage last night, uh, and it wasn't a brutal powerbomb. It was more of a jackknife where he just kind of released him, put him on the mat, Uh I mean, it's. Oh no! It was he. He put him down pretty good. Yeah, maybe maybe I don't remember it as well. But anyways, yeah, he took a fucking power bomb. But 
Yeah, we'll, we'll protect them, though. All, all cinematic, all stuff like that. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Powerbomb right through the fucking, right to the mat. And our, yep. uh, our, our compatriots on AEW Rundown are probably recording right about now, but uh, they also had another guy take a powerbomb onto somebody's knee, get clearly knocked the fuck out, and then uh, continue to proceed to finish the match with nobody doing anything to help the guy. So. No, no, no. Why, why do that? The show must go on, right? Right, yes. What the fuck? <laughs> Good God, what man. What are you gonna do? <sighs> like, and, and you know there's not, there's not going to be anything fucking said about it nope. until people are like, dude, he was fucked up. Like, you, it needs to be out there. But you won't fucking hear anything from AEW. Right. So we'll 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 see where that goes. So uh and something a little piece of news that I just uh saw before coming on here. Um so Snickers has always been a partner for WrestleMania for the past six or seven years. But this year they're doing something a little new for their sponsorship. New for 2021, the partnership names Snickers the presenting partner of the WrestleMania main event match, marking the first time the marquee match has ever been sponsored. Uh, so it's going to be Snickers on a pole match, and it's going to be Edge versus whoever the fuck he picks. So once again, Edge is in a sponsorship match. Uh, before it was Shampoo, now it's Snickers. There you go. Except the match isn't centered around them having a sponsorship, so it's not quite the same as Japanese shampoo. So uh, that was just a small little piece of news that I came across. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Did you did you get, did you uh, see the thing where Drew McIntyre uh, was a little disappointed that Kenny Omega was named WWE Champion on? Oh, actually, yes. I, I, okay, so. Um, for those of you who don't know, Jim Ross referred to Kenny Omega as the WWE champion. Uh, obviously, the wrestling community, internet wrestling community were making memes with Triple H doing the point as Omega's holding the WWE title. Um, so, Drew McIntyre sent out a picture of him making a non-press face and a meme saying the WWE world champion, Drew McIntyre, is not impressed or amused. Oh, man, JR, just fucking retire, brother, brother. I realize that the paydays are probably pretty nice coming from AEW because they fucking paid top dollar for your ass, but, man, he fucks that up quite often. But at the same time, who can fucking blame him? But at the same time, you're working for the opposing company. Yeah. (sighs) Uh, So... We should probably talk about the most overblown story of the week. Uh, which part was that? I, I, mean, missed, I, I must have missed that. Okay, so WWE uh, on Fox. I really didn't want to fucking do this, but go ahead. It, I, it's something people are talking about, so I feel like we probably should. Yeah. Um, so WWE on Fox tweeted out something to the extent, and I you know she might have taken it down. Now that I'm looking, it's it's basically. 
Uh, $5, $4, $3, $2, $1 tier, and you have to make, you have to get to $10 and put your fantasy team. There were a certain amount of ladies in each category, and a bunch took offense to being in the dollar category. Yeah, Who Carmella, a Natalia. Fuck. So, Natalia tweeted, <clears throat> I have struggled for years to figure out exactly what my worth is, but I won't allow anyone to pick that number for me. As hurtful as seeing this is, I want it to be known that if I ever find myself under all of these wonderful women, it's because I am a pillar and a foundation of what we're doing. So please keep the $1, because anyone who knows anything knows how priceless I am. Okay, Pussyfucks. We need to have a serious, serious fucking... Everybody in this goddamn country needs to just start smoking weed. Everyone. Because everyone is too fucking wound up and high-strung about everything anybody says and does. Particularly when it pertains to things like women's wrestling. Now... The people on Twitter are going to go hard at WWE and Fox for putting this thing out there. Meanwhile, not one fucking person is going to talk about the fact that AEW is hosting a women's tournament where half of the first round has already been put on YouTube, not their main show, where every single match of the men's tournament was on their TV show. But no, half the women's bracket, the Japanese side is going to be on YouTube. But guess what? Of the four first round matches on the American side... Guess what? Those are going to be on YouTube, too, along with the two semifinal rounds. In the so of the eight matches they've had in the first fucking round, six of them will be on YouTube. But nobody's going to say anything about that. No. But, but WWE on Fox tweeted out a little fun meme that people do with pro athletes all the time. By the way... You guys want to be considered pro athletes because even though it's scripted, it's still athletic and you're the best athletes in the world. And we hear that shit all the time, right? People do this stuff with athletes like LeBron James and everybody all the fucking time. In fact, WWE on Fox did this a couple months ago with the men and some of the women and nobody said shit. The fact is it was Natalia and that's what made everybody go all up in arms because she got all pissed off about it and that made everybody oh my god Natalia is so much better than a dollar it's not saying she sucks it's saying in comparison to where position wise in the company these women are here would anyone realistically in terms of their position in the company put Natalia on the same level as Becky Lynch or Charlotte or Sasha or Bailey because I fucking sure as shit wouldn't Nope, I wouldn't. I think my favorite response to this entire idiocy (laughs) came, and I'm going to pull it up here, uh, came from somebody who you don't necessarily expect to, uh, uh, came from uh, one Shayna Baszler. Yes. Who tweeted, my belief in myself is not dependent on the internet. It's not that serious. I'm not that bothered. That's the response. Somebody who's actually confident in their ability responds that way. Not the way Natalia did. No. No, because you, you, you get more attention when you bitch about it. That's another thing with, WWE, with, with not even just WWE, but wrestling in general. The more you bitch, the more attention you get. 
Oh, sure. Look at, uh, at all sorts of virtue signalers on social oh, media. Yeah. Look and, at what uh, happened with the Naomi situation. Yeah. yeah Captain Save-A-Ho will be running out to, oh, my God, Natalia, you're the best, you're the best. Yep. Instead of just fucking saying, it's a fucking joke. Lighten the fuck up. It's not even a joke. It's just a fucking right. meme, for Christ's right. sakes. Seriously. I see these things so many fucking times, especially around Survivor Series time, Survivor Series time of the year. You see this shit. Oh, make your fantasy team. Like, who gives a shit? It's not that big of a fucking deal. It's a fucking little game for fucking internet wrestling community people to fucking do whatever they want in their own fantasy fuck. Who gives a sweet flying dickhole what, where you position? Who cares? And you let's should be, just be happy if anybody fucking picks you in that goddamn and thing. And let's be honest. Anybody who's ever watched or listened to Natalia knows she knows her position. It's missionary. And that's it. It's boring. And that's all you fucking get. <laughs> Glad you lightened up that situation, man. There you go. <laughs> uh, and last but not least, well, before we get to the my shittiest part of the news... Uh, there's been some rumors going around that WWE or NXT Evolve will be introduced as a second NXT show. I don't even know if it would really be considered an NXT show. I mean, they're calling it NXT Evolve, but, you know, it's it's basically like it's going to be an indie show. That's basically what it's going to be. I think it's going to um, be what NXT used to be, which is the yes. sort of developmental show on the network only not on network tv and they're mm-hmm. going to take some of their new signings a guy like christian casanova might start out there yeah um according to fightful select um wwe has already created graphics and a championship belt with the nxt evolve branding fightful select noted that gabe sapolsky sapolsky and jeremy borash will be heavily involved in, de- in development and production of NXT Evolve. Sapolsky is a Paul, ha- Paul Heyman disciple who co-founded the Evolve promotion. It was instrumental in it getting purchased by WWE last year. Borash, meanwhile, is a former producer and on-screen talent with Impact Wrestling. No shit. Also ran Shine um, and Shine. Gabe did, so, so he's a big and, proponent of women's wrestling, too. Yeah, and um, also, uh, you know, Jeremy Borash gave all the good ideas for the Hardy Compound stuff. Um Test tapings have already taken place in a warehouse with Jos- Josiah Williams yep. uh, serv- serving as the host. According to uh, NXT Evolve is expected to have a gritty fight feel to it, uh, which would set it apart from NXT and most professional wrestling promotions in general. So NXT Underground. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I, I actually like it. Um, it's and I, you know what? I think this is why they've signed a fuck ton of younger talents as of late. Uh, it seems like every six weeks they've brought in at least six ta- between six and eight new talents. And this is why this is something that's needed because I, here's the thing: like they keep bringing in all these great new talents in NXT, but they there's not a rash of promotions from NXT up to the main roster because the main roster is already so bloated because you have so many of these guys, they, they don't sort of purge the rosters ever. And now you're so bloated. At, I mean, fuck Rhea Ripley hasn't been seen since the Royal Rumble. Um, because where do you want? Uh, there's too much other shit going on with other women. You got to have Lana on the show every week and Nia's got to be complaining about her hole. So where do you have room for Rhea? 
more on that later. But uh, but yeah, so I think this will be good for them to get a chance to get some notoriety on a national level, get some uh, some ring time, you know, all that stuff. And with the Florida loops closed at least for the time being of NXT, this gives those guys and girls a place to apply uh, their craft, which is good too. Yeah, and I mean this way also, and you know we we had a jobber match tonight uh, or last night, but it'll be a good place to you know get get them in the flow of things. Yeah, yeah, they say it'll have a different gritty feeling, but it can work on their uh, camera placement and such, and making sure they are facing the right way and stuff like that. So it's you know a, a lot of people forget like. WWE is a production. It's not like 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 it's not this. Just do how you want it. Like you have to do things a certain way, or you're gonna get in deep shit. So this is a good stage one for them to kind of get that stuff down. And then stage two with NXT, and then up to the main roster if they get to that point. But oh, this is just gonna be. The fucking going against uh, Dark and because that, that I guarantee that's what fucking AEW stands already fucking saying. Oh, it's just going against Dark on YouTube. Like, get over yourself, stands. God. No, I said I'm I'm good. Oh, uh, you you good? Okay, all right. I just, I just wanted to rant a little bit. Um, and last but not least, let's get this fucking awful portion of the news out of the way. AEW, uh, I'm sorry, ratings corner, uh, AEW with 747,000 people watched their televised event and NXT went up 155,000 viewers and they boosted up to 713,000 and for a good damn reason after what we'll talk about in moments. Um, what again? AEW jumping all over the fucking place. Well, I mean, AEW went up and they went up by a smaller amount. It wasn't like the typical huge jump that they have. True, but the, two weeks ago, I think they had like almost nine hundred k. I think they were like eight eighty or something like that. Yeah. But anyway, it, still, it, it's weird. It's weird, but um, good for the NXT jump. Hopefully, this continues to bring more eyes, but. To NXT, but at the same time, ratings don't fucking matter. They get the money anyway. <laughs> people, uh, people still haven't wised up to that because Meltzer keeps feeding them this bullshit. So it's also an antiquated system. We talk about that all the time too. So yeah, it's, it's all fucking <sighs> bullshit. The fucking what is it? The uh, what's the other thing they got that they bring up now with the ratings? Um, Demo. Demo, yeah, demographic. And nobody gives a shit. Nobody cares. Wrestling fans should not care about this shit at all. So, there's your ratings shitting corner for this week. (laughs) All right. um, Shall we get into what took place on Sunday, Jason? I guess we should. All right, cool. Vengeance Day uh, happened on Sunday. Uh, we obviously had picks from the website, so 
Uh, Jason will be taking care of that portion. But uh, but before we even get into the main show, NXT had a pretty big signing. Yeah. The former Eli Drake uh, showed up on the pre-show as his new pseudonym, L.A. Knight, which they did, I assume, only so that they could keep that sort of uh, rhythm to his name. Flow to it, yeah. Um, yep. He did start with his his sort of uh, trademark, let me talk to you, which was great. <laughs> I love that. I don't think we got any dummy, yeah, but I'm waiting for that. Um, <laughs> this is, t- and I talked about this a little bit on, on we talked about the signings on um, WWE Rundown, so I mentioned here, and I don't, so I don't want to take up a ton of time. Um, but this is sort of the promo guy that I think NXT needs on the main roster. For the, for, um, here's a guy who can sell you into a building by talking, and he's not, he's not Johnny Gargano in the ring, but he's certainly effective in the ring. Um, I, I think this is nothing but a great signing for them. Um, no, no issues with this one at all. Yeah, I, I, I I've never had any previous. Uh, views of Eli Drake that I'm aware of. Um, now, I, I, I'm probably going to get slapped for this. Was he in Impact before? Yeah. yeah okay. he was, Is uh, that where he, he came he, from? Uh, well, he started in WWE, actually. He was in NXT a long, long time ago. Um, oh. Funny enough, actually, if you remember that, remember when Triple H released that workout video? Him and Stephanie both released one for, oh, men, one yes. for women. Yeah. Yep. yeah, Eli was in the background at the time. Um, <laughs> oh, God, what was his name? It was like Stone something. Uh, hold on. Uh, Fuckstone? No, no, that one was already taken. Damn, Damn it. <laughs> um, is it really Michonne Ricker? But what was that name that he used to use? And God, okay. Uh... Let's just say Mike Stone because it's just a generic name. Uh, anyway, but yeah, um, yeah, it's just a tremendous, uh, tremendous talker. One of the best in the business. Yeah. So and we'll talk about that a little later when we talk about this week's episode. Yeah, absolutely. So. All right. Well, uh, let's get into Venge- NXT Takeover Vengeance Day. We start the show off with the women's Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic Finals, Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. Come on, give it. What, what, what's their uh, their team name there, Jason? Which one? Uh, Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. Dak and Rack. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Versus Ember Poon oh, no, no. and Shotzi nope. Blackheart. Poon Shots. Poon Shots, you like that? Yeah. Okay. All right, Poon Shots. Uh, what? I okay. So I understand that these four ladies are good workers. I was not expecting this match to be this good. Oh, this we... match was a fantastic way to start this takeover. Oh, right off the uh, bat, we're going to be disagreeing. All right. Really? Yeah. No, I. <sighs> This just felt like, like, okay, so I should clarify. I don't think it was a bad match. Mm-hmm. I think there were spots that looked very sloppy in this match. Um, okay. I think yeah. there was a bit of, there were, there were times where they were a bit too ambitious. Um, oh, okay, all right. So with that being said, these the first two minutes of this match were kind of, 
Ooh, a little rocky. I think, I, honestly, I think all four ladies had a little bit of jitters. Yeah. Um, but I think once they got past that, I think the match was lit. You are too old to use that word. No, I'm not. Yeah, I'm only fucking 33, bro. I'm still too old for that. I was like, eh, late 20s. Fuck that. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, um... If we're gonna go through, it was it was probably my least favorite match on the show. That doesn't mean it's a bad thing because I really really enjoyed the show, and we'll talk more as we go. Um, it felt like a, a solid TV show match. It didn't feel like a takeover match to me, I guess. I, I, I honestly, I mean, like you said, we're we're uh, gonna have to agree to disagree. I really enjoyed this match. Uh, it blew my expectations out of the water, to be honest. I felt I also felt like Raquel took way too much heat in this match um, for what we're supposed well, to be building her to be. Uh, I don't think she really took a lot of heat, so to speak. Yeah. She, Go back and watch. She might have got hit, she she might have mm-hmm. gotten hit a lot, but she didn't really sell the shit. No, she did. Go back and watch it, dude. Because I was I'm gonna have to. Yeah, as I was watching it, I was like, wow, she, they're really not protecting Raquel's badass gimmick here very much. Um, Ember was a little sloppy, I thought. Uh, Shotzi is yeah, just frantic like she always is, and sometimes that just makes it look... With Shotzi, and we talk in the past, like fights are supposed to look ugly sometimes, and with Shotzi, I think her frantic style is going to lead to some sloppiness, but for her, it sort of works. It, it um, works the gimmick. Yeah, All but... Like I said, I just to me there was so much great stuff on this card that this sort of stood out like a sore thumb because it wasn't in that same category as the rest of them to me. Okay, all right. Well, again, we'll agree to disagree uh, on that. But one. weighing in with predictions for this particular show, we had God's. Uh, God. uh, who are our participants this this takeover? I'm sir. saying that when you fucking cut me off. Well, hey, that's why I stopped talking. <laughs> uh, participating in this poll, God's a Juggalo, uh, Troy Jerks at the Hentai, Blind Fury, uh, <laughs> Queen Stick, El Dico Loco, Sal to Checkers, Ginger Lust, Fetus Rhodes, uh, the Ghost of Jeffy's Medium Sized Wiener, Jordan Wareham, uh, Jackson, Bruno Tomas, and myself. So, And of those people, uh, myself, Bruno, Jackson, uh, Jeffy's Ghost, uh, Fetus Rhodes, Ginger Lust, Sal the Checkers, El Dico Loco, and Queen Stick all selected Dakota and Raquel. Dak and Rack. Good job. Good job, peeps. Next up, we have the North American Championship match. Johnny Gargano defending his championship against Kushida. Ooh. Go ahead, you, you start this one off, sir. So, first off, before we ever get to the ring, um, we see the way walking oh. backstage, and they come out, and all of a sudden, Johnny goes for the high five with Austin, and Austin's not there. And then he sends the rest, the, the girls, Indy and Candace, to the back to look for Austin. Now, I don't know about you, when I was watching this live, I completely missed this as they were walking in the I back. I did not fucking see it. So I, I just, Austin was there, and then he wasn't. And I was like, what the fuck happened? Now, I went back and watched uh-huh. it, and you can very clearly see in the background Dexter Loomis sneak up behind him and chloroform him, um, which is how Bill Cosby used to get dates. Um, but then he uses that as a way to pull Austin away. Now, here's where I'm going to give 
tremendous, outstanding credit to NXT. The way they have built this group of the way, I had very serious concerns that this match was going to turn into a comedy fest where everyone was going to get involved and it was going to be uh, sort of a cluster in that regard. And they booked something that made sense that took everyone else out of it and left us with just Johnny and Kushida to have the absolute classic that I expected them to have. Oh, oh. You were rock hard watching this, weren't you? Dude, you know, I honestly, I, I didn't think they were going to give them a lot of time. Mm-hmm. But, man, they let them go nearly a half an hour. Yeah. 25 minutes, I think it was. Yeah. Uh, this match was off the fucking chain, you know, and, and I brought this up, I think at the last takeover, I am so glad that they're letting Johnny continue to do his style of wrestling as, as this goofy heel, instead of having to change up the way he is in the ring, because the way he is in the ring is what has made him the star that he is. Yeah. Uh, and I am so thankful that they, like you said, took everybody out else out of the picture and left it with just these two mm-hmm. and let them have this clinic of a match. Yeah, there was chain wrestling, there was counters, there was high spots, there was falsies. There was literally everything you could possibly want. Psychology was off the charts. Everything about this match was fantastic. I particularly loved the exchange where they both spent like, a minute and a half countering and all going for the Gargano escape. Uh, yes. That was great. And uh, Kushida actually gets Johnny in it, and, of course, Johnny's able to escape it. That's a small thing. Johnny shouldn't have gone to the ropes. Johnny should have known how to get out of the hold. I would have rather yes. see it that way just from a psychology standpoint. But other than that, uh, that's a very, very small nitpick. Um, yeah. But all things considered, this was one of the best um, NXT matches I've seen in a while. Um, I... I, I want this again i want this more i want this every takeover this is these two are fantastic and the chemistry was off the charts between them i mean you have been begging begging them to let have them let kushida do his thing and he fucking nailed it yep. here 100 percent. this was a my god this was clean finish orgasmic. yep and, you know nothing to, nothing to complain about everything was great um <sighs> by the way we didn't mention it how do you like the the little ramp I didn't fucking notice it until this match. Really? So didn't even notice it. It was not there for this week's episode of NXT. So mm-hmm. I I was watching it and it wasn't there for TV before. And I was watching it and I I was sitting there watching with Jackson. I said, "Turn around!" I was like, "Dude, there, there's got to be a spot planned using this ramp. Like, there's got to be a reason for this." Mm-hmm. Um, but nothing really, I mean, just your standard outside the ring stuff. Um, one cool thing and, and I, about this match, I don't know if any, how many people caught it, but um, Kushida at one point had Johnny on the outside, and Kushida ran all the way back to the entranceway and then ran down the ramp to kick Johnny, uh, <laughs> and that was a throwback or, or an homage to the great Muda, who used to do that all the way down the ramps. Uh, in Japan and WCW, so he he posted on Twitter that that was his inspiration. So cool moment. I was like, when guys do that stuff. Now, didn't the Great Muda just win a championship? Yes, he did. The uh, oh god, um, IWGP. No, it wasn't IWGP. It's um, oh not DDT. Oh god, it's the one Eddie Edwards held. I can't remember. <laughs> oh god, bless me. God damn it! Now you're gonna make me look it up. Go ahead, Van for a second. Uh, um. Yeah, that dude's 
still fucking going at it, man. He's like 300. He's he's Terry Funk's 300 years old age. Yeah. Yes, he is. Uh... My God. Like, dude, I understand you know, you, it, it, is, it is hard to give it up, but... At, at, at what point do you the, have to, the like... GHN Heavyweight Championship. There it is. Thank you. Uh, at one point, what point in your life do you say, man, I'm really fucking sore and I can't get out of bed. I should probably stop wrestling. Dude, I'm almost 20 years younger than him, and I feel like that most days, so... <laughs> I'm 33, and I've had trouble getting out of bed just because... My fucking back hurts from bumping in my neck, but uh, uh, especially especially uh, Japan, uh, Japan uh, or any of that style of wrestling. My God, they kill each other with suplexes all day. Uh, well, NXT is not much much removed from that. Um, mm. As far as predictions for this match, uh, we had Blind Fury, Sal the Checkers, Ginger, Fetus Rhodes. Jeffy, Jordan Wareham, and myself all go with Johnny Gargano, who's, of course, the winner. So congrats to everybody in that grouping. Good job. Don't get me wrong. I would have liked to see Kushida win it, but I knew I knew Gargano wasn't giving it up so, yet. So this, for me, was almost match of the night. Okay. And it was it. It's a very, very, very thin margin between that and what was match of the night for me. Oh, absolutely. So, um, so the men's final Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic: Grizzled Young Veterans versus Motherfucking Smoking Kids. MSK. So it. I, I know. I think it's because of the two previous matches, but Grizzled Young Veterans didn't impress me until about after five minutes of this match. It took it took me a little while to get into this match. Um, their offense was just kind of blah. It didn't catch me. Um, I was obviously as heels. They're not supposed to, but at the same time, you got to pull me in to have me care about what is going on in this match. And they, they had, they basically dominated the first five minutes because they were considered, you know, MSK is considered the youngins and they're the grizzled, the grizzled young veterans. Uh, so, but after that five minute mark, man, they really got cooking with this match. Um, I don't know if you. I didn't know if you were gonna pick up on it, but um, this was actually the match of the night for me. Um, really? Yes. I thought this was fantastic. I thought the styles meshed beautifully. I thought uh, Zach Gibson's size advantage played nicely into MSK being the underdogs here. I thought, and and to me, what what really pushed this for me over Johnny Gargano as as the match of the night was that this was the match that I literally could see going either way. I really wasn't sure who was going to win. I was pretty sure Johnny was going to keep the North American title. I I could make a solid case for the Grizzled Young Vets to win this match. I could make a solid case for MSK. Um, So every falsy I 
bought into. I thought credit to the announced team, including Vic Joseph here. I think they did a fantastic job of putting over um, MSK as underdogs here and really sort of making you care and get emotionally invested in every single kick out and how much this meant to them. And mm-hmm. um, I just think this was beautifully put together start to finish. Um, and you had amazing moments, amazing spots, the um, hot fire flame uh, across one guy onto the other guy. Jesus. Uh, you had, uh, I was, I was literally scared for Wesley's life when he took that doomsday device on the floor. Um, because I didn't, I couldn't tell from the TV where the spacing was, but I was convinced he was going to flip backwards and hit his, slam his head off the announce table. I, okay. So, which as we would find out later, wouldn't have been as big a deal because that announce table was not very sturdy, but, uh, (laughs) the, I was concerned on that spot as well because I thought they were going for the table and he was way too far away. And I was like, Oh my God, he's going to fucking kill him. Yeah. But, no, they just flipped them back. No, and, and Wesley took that beautifully. Like, you could not mm-hmm. take that spot any better than he took that. Um, oh, and that's an, a pretty impressive fucking spot yeah. right there because you have minimal space for error yeah. there. And that's one where I give credit to uh, the Grizzled Young Vets. And we talk about mm-hmm. this all the time with Leon Ruff and other guys on the Indies, and we'll talk about it with Leon Ruff later. Um that's a move that they have in their arsenal, but they don't use it all the time. They save it and break it out for special moments and special matches, and that just makes it so much better when they do it. Um, they're not going to use that on every episode of fucking NXT. You know, that's mm-hmm. a special thing. They've, they've, I think they've only done it a handful of times in NXT UK and now here. Um, but, yeah, that's that's psychology that's next level that some of these younger guys don't haven't picked up yet. Oof. Goya, oh boya. This and like I said, for me, this was match of the night. I was, I was more emotionally invested as a fan in this match than any of the other ones. So, um, as far as our predictions, that one came to uh, Sal the Checkers, El Dico Loco, Queenstick, uh, Fetus Rhodes, Jordan Wareham, Jackson, Bruno Tomas, and myself all picking MSK. So pretty, I mean, pretty solid split there. I mean, we had, was it two, five people selected Grizzled Young Vets? So uh, Yeah, I, I, I picked Grizzled Young Veterans because they were pushing that, you know, we were in the finals last year. So originally we talked on this show, that was my position, mm-hmm. was that, oh, well, they were in the finals last year and they lost, so this will be the year to get to the finals and win. Um, mm-hmm. And I ended up switching my pick to MSK only because when I sat down and thought about it, I'm like, Birch and Lorcan are the champions they're going to want to face team to face them. Yeah, but so. at the same time, we had discussed that they were kind of trying to push GYV as... But they stopped Kind of that. tweeners. No, but they, yeah, no, they stopped. Yeah. But, no. so, but yeah, for so. me, for me, best, my favorite match on the show. Mm-hmm. And I just... And, and here's the thing, and this is a great... MSK brings so much energy and excitement to every mm-hmm. performance... And, oh, we'll talk about that. We're going to talk about them later, absolutely. Um, but their their characters, their personalities, everything about them is so endearing that I think it makes you want to see them succeed more so than <laughs> I think any other face that was on this show. Yeah, yeah. I just want to know what MSK actually stands for. 
Or do they just keep it hidden? Like I said, I said to Troy, they have sweatshirts that say misunderstood. So I'm guessing that's what the M stands for, but I don't know about the rest. Uh-huh. They're young, too. They look really yes. fucking young. Yep. Desmond Xavier, I think when he started with Impact, was like 19 or 20, so. Oh, Jesus. He's not that old, no. 25. They're gonna be they're they're gonna be some fucking tag team stars hopefully. Oh, no, I mean they kind of already are in a way. March third, but... they could be the tag team champions. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Meanwhile, uh, next meanwhile, up... Trey Miguel Oop. is feuding with Sammy Callahan in Impact. So good career move. <laughs> Women's championship in a triple threat match. Io Shirai defending her title against Tony Storm and Mercedes Martinez. Um, this match, in my opinion, not that great. So I, this was underwhelming for me. It felt a little clusterfucky through most of the match. Um, as much as I love Mercedes, I sort of wish this had been a one-on-one with EO and Tony. Um, I do feel like, and I don't know how you felt about this watching this. To me, this was the best I thought Tony has looked since she came back. Yes. I thought her shit was on point in this match. And Mm -hmm. there was just, I I think there was just everybody trying to get their shit in in a very short period of time. Something, a lot of stuff went wrong in this match. And even Triple H in the post-game show um, made reference to the fact that this match was slotted for much longer than it actually went. But they they pulled the audible and decided to go home early. Um, mm. Part of that might be due to the fact that the announce table turned heel on Tony Storm in a match. Um, so for those of you who didn't see it, I posted this in the host because nobody was watching live except me, apparently. Um, <laughs> and I don't know what we'll talk about your reaction when you saw it in a minute. Um, as Tony goes to set up for a spot, she goes to clean off the announce table, take the monitors out and stuff. And the table literally just falls apart. Like, completely crumbles. She barely touches it, and it just falls apart. And I'm just, in, and the look on Tony's face, my God, I can only imagine that was what her face would look like if she saw Jeff's cock. Because it was a mix of disappointment, anger, and what the fuck do I do next, which is actually the face Jeff makes when he sees his own cock, is what he told me. Um, so I'm only guessing. But, uh, yeah, so um, they they made it work. Uh, I just, my biggest point of frustration with this match was that I felt like it was basically the same fucking finish that we got to uh, EO, Charlotte, and Rhea not long ago where there's a pin there and then EO all of a sudden hits a fucking moonsault out of nowhere and wins. Yeah, Rhea and Charlotte match uh, when she had her in the figure eight. Yeah. And yeah, it's, I don't like that finish anymore. I feel like it, it almost feels like every time EO is in a match, that's how it happens. It just, and it also feels like it's a bit fluky that EO wins, too. She doesn't look strong winning like that. Mm-hmm. So yep. she was a heel going into the Rhea and Charlotte match. Um, mm-hmm. She's supposed to be the face here, and that's not necessarily the way a face should win a match. But whatever. Uh, so my what do you think they were going to do with that table? Because I have a theory. Um, I don't know. I could I could see something with EO doing a moonsault through it or something. I don't know. Hence the tiny little platform that was on the scaffolding. Yeah, probably. 
Well, no, yeah, we had a spot where somebody did the cross body off the scaffolding. Was that you? Yeah, that was you. Yeah. yeah. Which, so they probably which also, also, if that's going to be a big spot on the pay-per-view, probably don't want to have somebody doing it on the TV show the week before. Yeah. Yep. Sort of took some, so it, sort of it, took it, some of the piss out of the move when EO did it. A little bit, and that's why I think it was a little bit of an audible. I, th- I honestly think she was supposed to do a moonsault to somebody through the commentator's table yeah. off of that little platform. Could be. And that would that would have been fucking. I would have jumped out of my seat, yeah. honestly. Absolutely. Uh, but unfortunately, we will never know. Well, we'll find out at the next pay per view because you know yeah, that's that true. In there. <laughs> uh, so Io Shirai. Was victorious, and who was victorious on their picks? Oh, that would be myself, Bruno Tomas, Jackson, Jordan Wareham, Jeffy's Wiener Sausage, uh, and Ginger all picking EO. So always tougher with a triple threat because you got multiple choices. So we did have some votes for Tony. We had some votes for Mercedes. We had two people pick Mercedes. Everyone else that was incorrect picked Tony. But, um, yeah, so good mixture there. Yeah, nice little mix. And I, I mean, I could see, I could have seen any of those women that was, winning. So. That was actually the only match on the show where more people got it wrong than got it right. So. Mm. Huh? Well, you got it. Well, you see, normally you have a thirty-three percent. I'm not going to do it. Uh, I also felt like that match was sort of hurt by a shitty build. I don't think the build to that match was great. Yeah, I think they tried a couple different things and it just didn't work. Yeah. Like I, said, I think this should have just been EO and Tony one-on-one. I think you pigeonholed Mercedes in there, and I think it yep. actually ended up hurting things. Yep. Main event time, NXT Championship, Finn Balor defending against Pete Dunne. Uh, this, I, I'm having a hard time comparing the two because they're almost... A mirror image, the style and uh, the the flow of the match, but this is this match is comparable to Balor versus O'Reilly, number one. And that's the problem, Um, because this match sort of falls or fails under the weight of the the expectations that I think we had for it. I think we all looked at this and went, "This is." going to be fucking amazing pre-show the announcers were talking about this is going to be a match of the year at the end of the year um so i think we all had these super high expectations for it and the match was really good it was Mm -hmm. really really good um but it wasn't finn and kyle and i'm gonna I, i i think i'm gonna give you the reason why it wasn't finn and kyle um in the same way I talked about MSK and Grizzled Young Vets earlier. During the match with Kyle, I had a scenario where I could see Kyle winning that match and then putting that belt on Kyle. Mm-hmm. I never had an inclination at all that Pete Dunn was going to win this match. I knew mm-hmm. Finn was going to win this match. So yeah. it sort of took away a little bit of the emotion to every close fall. every, And, and I can tell you, uh, this is the only match on the show where literally everyone who put in predictions got the match right. So nobody bought into the Pete Dunn winning this match. And I think that in large part hurt it. 
I think they needed to do a better job of selling Dunn as a possible champion. And I don't think they built him in the same way they built Kyle. Now, they both beat the shit out of each other, same way they did with Kyle. Um, But it just was missing that emotional attachment because I knew Finn was going to win. Ultimately, I sort of... It's sort of like you're you're reading a really good book, but you already know what the ending is. It sort of takes a little of the edge off every sort of um, what's the word I'm looking for uh, plot twist that you're going to get to because you already sort of know what the ending is anyway. Yeah. So along with that too. Um, now the end we will talk about later. That's a different we'll, different story. We'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, but another thing that kind of hurt a little bit is. Pete Dunne has always been a uh, singles competitor. Mm-hmm. That was O'Reilly's very first main event program as a singles competitor right. in NXT. Yeah. So that put even more on that match. Now, this match, good match. Excellent match. match. The work yeah, was excellent. Uh, yeah, uh, 100%. The storytelling, everything else was beautiful. Um, the physicality, but it just, yeah. A lot of people were, were like I said at the beginning when we first started talking about this, a lot of people were making the comparison like, oh, shit, this could be just as good as O'Reilly and Balor. Um, but, yeah, it, great match, but, no, it's just, it just felt short, fell short of that. But, I mean, it, it's going to be tough to top Balor versus O'Reilly one. And... In that match with Balor, Kyle was sort of an underdog mm-hmm. playing a face role. Here, Dunn. Dunn, who I guess for obvious reasons was the underdog, is a heel. So you don't necessarily want to see him win or root to see him no. win the way you did for Kyle. So, mm-hmm. As Jason said earlier, uh, everybody picked Finn Balor to win this. So one point for everybody. Now, all right, so do we want to do final results, or do we want to get to what happened Uh, We can do quick results. Like I said, everybody uh, who submitted a vote selected Finn Balor to win this one, so good on them. Uh, Total final tallies, uh, Troy Jerks at the Hentai and Gods of Juggalo tied with one prediction correct, Uh, Blind Fury with two. Coming up with the bronze, we had a tie between Lisa and El Dico Loco with three. Pulling in the silver, Sal to Checkers, Ginger, Fetus Rhodes, the ghost of Jeffy's medium-sized sausage, Jordan Wareham, Jackson, and Bruno Tomas with four, and the winner, myself, a perfect 5-4-5. Five, five. I think he cheated. I did not. <laughs> well, again, we always thank you guys. Thank you for participating in our you know, predictions. We really appreciate that. Leave some comments with them next time. Appreciate those, too. So after the main event, one and two attack Balor. They're beating him down, and Undisputed Era comes out, Cole, Strong, and O'Reilly. And O'Reilly helps Balor to his feet, and they all stand next to each other. And as Balor is about to throw up the UE symbol... He gets super kicked by Adam Cole. Bebe. Now, O'Reilly gets in Cole's face like, what the fuck is that all about, man? And then he Cole moves to Strong as Strong's trying to separate them. And 
the thing that me and you kind of hinted might have happened a few months ago. Adam Cole turns and super kicks Kyle O'Reilly right square in the face. Yep. Wowzers. Yep. And Roddy is now stuck in the middle because he's just standing like, what the fuck do I do, man? (laughs) So it's an end of an era. Oh, dude. So dude, you've now resorted to stealing Vic Joseph's lines. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Did he say that? Yep. Okay, uh, I'm going to give myself something that I never thought I would do. So, <laughs> they split? If you're going to steal anything or, from Vic so Joseph, steal his girlfriend. Oh my god, yeah. Please. You know what's funny? Please, please. At one point, whether it was TakeOver or this week's NXT, I don't remember because it all sort of runs together. But at one point, Beth said something about, yeah, well, Mackenzie dressed you, so obviously. And then <laughs> he very quickly went past it. It was almost like she wasn't supposed to mention that on air. <laughs> oh, my God. So. Serious lack of dinner time on TakeOver, by the way. You know, we'll, we'll we'll get more into that, and as we go over, you'd like NXT, you'd like to get more into that, wouldn't you? I absolutely would. Well, Jason, I know it's a little late, but uh, are you ready? Yep. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, this is the NXT rundown. We get a recap of Vengeance Day. Um, we then go to Barrett, Phoenix, and Dick all standing by the ring post, kind of introducing us and listen, letting us know what the fuck's going on tonight. And in the background, down the ramp, you see Kyle O'Reilly marching to the ring. No music, no nothing. No Just music, so you know it's serious. He's pissed. Uh, he proceeds to say he's very pissed off about what happened on Sunday. Uh, says Cole is still his brother, even though he stabbed him in the back, and he calls out Cole. This he almost put the sadness too hard on this a little bit. You think? Um, yeah, but there was a great moment in here. I don't know if you caught it. Um, at one point, he says Cole needs to come out. <laughs> when he's done, he'll probably punch him in the face. But he- oh yes, yeah. It's like, but by the end, I'll probably punch you in the face. Oh my god, it was great. Um, I this didn't feel like super contrived wrestling turn. Like this really felt like a dude whose best friend fucked him over. Yeah. Um, it felt real. Uh, so hats off to Kyle because he sold this great. Yeah, I, I thought it was a little overdone, but oh, I it was. I disagree. The, I thought it was. It, I thought he me, was. Because here's the thing, like if you're talking a wrestling angle, this happens. So you're like, Motherfucker, I'm gonna kick your ass. And and he didn't do that. It was like you need to come and explain this to me. I might punch you in the face, but you need to explain this to me. And I thought that was <laughs> I, I thought that was good. I thought it was the perfect perfect response. Yeah, it's a brother turning his back on him. Yeah. Uh, so Roddy, or uh, Undisputed Era's music hit 
Oops, but it's not what Kyle asked for. Roddy comes out, uh, says Cole did what he did out of frustration. Kyle says he doesn't need to hear his peacekeeping mission. Says he doesn't need to hear shit from Roddy, and he wants Cole. Again, another another small one that you, you didn't mention that I, I loved. Um, as Roddy's talking, he's getting closer to the ring, and Kyle tells him, don't don't you don't get in this ring. Do not yeah. get in this ring, because I don't know who I can trust. I don't know if I can trust myself right now, but you need to not get in this ring. I don't need to hear from you. I don't need to hear shit from you. I need to hear it from him. Mm-hmm. So, again, Kyle just fucking killing it in this segment. And Balor's music hits. Yeah. He's like, what the fuck, man? Right. Uh, Kyle says, I'm not looking for you, but Finn says he's looking for him, but get in line because he needs to talk to Cole first. Uh, Finn says he shouldn't have trusted O'Reilly. Roddy yells at Finn saying, Kyle had nothing to do with this man. And out of fucking nowhere, one, two and done sneak attack, Roddy, Finn and Kyle. So now that they're a group, can we call them done two and three? No, I, I like I like one, two, and done. Eh. We we might need to set up a poll for that. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, and then uh, I think at this point we all saw where this was going, player. <laughs> Tag team match, player. Gotcha. So. Regal then is cutting a promo via Skype or something and says he received a video from Santos Escobar. Escobar says, uh, he says he's going home. He gets out of his car. He says he's going to do something, but then he says, I'm going to do something. He goes, I'm going home. But he does it in a cocky way, not like a chicken shit way. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Like total ass and asshole. Like, fuck you. I'm going to do it on my own time. Right. So, nice little touch. Uh, Can I say that I love the fact that Escobar is playing this as as not being afraid of Cross? Because it's really the first person we've seen that's not been sort of, like, afraid of this guy. Um, And I think it's, it's doing wonders for Escobar's character. I really take him more as a serious competitor and a threat and a badass now. Because yeah, it, he sort of stood it, up to Cross. It's good because he's he's you know Cross fucked with him, but he's fucking with Cross right back. Yeah, he's sort so, of he's sort of starting to have like a little Andrade in NXT vibe now. A little bit, like yeah, just a little see. edge, a little cockiness. I like it. Yeah. I dig it. Well, when you when you're in a group like that, that's kind of you know they're they're kind of a big deal and, and built around you, him. I'm, yeah, so you got to have that cockiness to yeah. you. Uh, um, Regal then says the match will happen next week. And if Escobar does not show up, he will be suspended and stripped of the cruiserweight championship. Oh boy. Then he announces a six man tag <laughs> match player as the main event. One, two and done versus done, Finn, two and three. Kyle. <laughs> And strong. Um, strong Finn Kyle. There you go. Um, <sighs> there's a part of me that, that would like to almost see them just strip Santos of the title. Um, <sighs> because A, the one thing the Cruiserweight division has always done well is tournaments. 
Um, and B, I'd sort of like to see Santos S elevate to that next level outside of the cruiserweight division, sort of that North American tier maybe. Um, like I said, this character this character adjustment for him I think has really done wonders, and I think he should be outside of the cruiserweight division. I think there are plenty of guys who can handle the cruiserweight division at this point that he sort of elevated past that, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah, a little bit. No, no, I hear you. I, he, you feel like almost like the title is kind of holding him down in a way. Yeah, like he should be in the mix with like Gargano and Kushida and all those guys. Mm-hmm. And maybe possibly what they're going for here. But who knows? I mean, if he shows up next week, then... Plus, I feel like a lot of this work could be undone if he shows up and just gets squashed by Cross, too. Oh, I hope not. I hope I hope they actually, like... I, but it, it just sucks, too, because uh, if I feel Cross, like some of the shine is off of Cross at this point, too. Yeah. So The injury, man. It the did. Injury. I, he had all this heat going in, and it came out of it, and now it's like he's just another guy on this roster, and they need to sort of reestablish him. Kind of sucks. Oh. Uh, we then go to indie wrestling and Candice LeRae versus Amber Poon and Shotzi Blackheart, a.k.a. Poon Shots. You're welcome. What do you mean? I said that last week. Oh, did you? I don't listen to this shit. Yep. yep. I said <laughs> Shots last week. I don't listen, uh, listen to shit. So, The Way comes out and they're carrying flyers looking, uh, saying, Austin Theory is missing. Which I like that. Um, did you notice something else? I believe this is the first time that Candy and India have had matching gear. Uh, it's a possibility. I did notice that about halfway through the match. They, yeah. Didn't look quite as natural on India as it did. I don't know. She's just got a different sort of vibe style-wise, but you know, she pulled it off. Yeah. Worked. Hey, if, they, if it matches, it's good. Yeah. Candice and Shotzi start. Oh, and Johnny is on uh, commentating. Is commentating. Yes. Uh, Candace, Do you have any notes about Johnny's commentary, by the way? I didn't because okay. I... Yeah. So I don't Did know you? exactly where in the match this particular okay. exchange happens, but I want to bring it up because it just... So, at one point, Johnny says that he is the heart and soul of the way, and it's the heart and soul of NXT. He mm-hmm. said, but if I'm the, if I'm the heart and soul... I guess Austin, Austin would be like the biceps of, of the way of, of NXT and, and Candice, Candice would be so, so, uh, so I'm the heart and soul. Austin's the biceps. Candice is the brains and Indy's everything else. So <laughs> Indy is the asshole of NXT. Is basically. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't catch that. And I'm really mad that I didn't. Indie wrestling is the uh, asshole of NXT. Uh, what the fuck? <laughs> it, was, it was good. Uh, it was about the only thing I enjoyed about this match. So go ahead. Uh, Kansas and Shotzi start. Ember and Shotzi get the quick upper hand to begin as we go to box. Uh, back and Shotzi hits the draping senton on both Indy and Candice draping on the ropes. Uh, Shotzi has Indy in the reverse Tarantula, and Candace just walks up and forearms her in the face, and Indy boots Ember right in the mush. Uh, 
All of a sudden, we flash to Outback and a white rape No, no, no you say off. flash. You didn't say flash. We just cut the fuck away from the middle of the match. And a white white rape van pulls mm-hmm. up. Boot to Ember's face and tag to Candace, who then springboard crossbodies Ember to on the outside. Uh, they show the white van again, and Johnny gets mad and charges to the back. Again, cut the fuck away from the match to show the van. They were on nothing. the floor. They were on the floor at that point. They doesn't were matter. all power. Doesn't matter. You cut the entire... It wasn't like a box-in-box box situation. You cut the entire fucking camera away in the middle of a match. Yeah, they're down. It's okay. I don't give a shit. <laughs> um, hot tag the shot scene. She hits an insiguity. Knee in the corner and a reverse sling blade for a two. Cattle mutilation and Candace breaks it up with the step up senton. Double underhook suplex by Ember. A spine buster to Ember by Indy. Roaring forearm by Shotzi. But Indy rebuttals with a murder line. We, all go, we go to the outside and oh, Johnny is okay. at the van. Again, we cut away from the match to go outside. Okay. Yep. Yep. The match continues and Johnny brings Theory out onto the ramp. Johnny this was a major missed opportunity, too, by the way. Okay. Um, so Johnny and, brings uh, out a body in flip-flops, boxer shorts, and a cut-off shirt that says vacay vibes on it with a, <laughs> with a hood over his head. Now, mm-hmm. how amazing would it have been if Johnny brings this person out takes the mask off, and it's fucking Loomis who just beats the shit out of Johnny. Because uh, he convinced or, Johnny it was de- it was Austin, but it was him. You thought it was Austin, but it was me, Johnny. <laughs> it wasn't Austin, Johnny. Um, now, while I agree that would have been good, another scenario... Where it just it was just some random person. Yeah, that would that would have worked too. Kind of like, uh, but, but if it was Dexter, imagine the shift in oh. the look of the face that Johnny could have pulled off. Oh yeah, um, fantastic. But instead, it's just Austin, and everybody's happy. And then Candace, because she's a fucking idiot, just leaves the middle of a match to go jump up and down that Austin's back. Yeah, I don't get that. And Indy gets rolled up. And that's the end of the match. Yep, that was it. Um, yeah, this was this was pretty bad. Um, the work wasn't terrible, but it was completely the story was there, fucked. There was, I mean, it was nothing that made me excited. I mean, there were no like oh my shit, oh my god moments in it. It was just a pretty basic match uh, between two teams who we saw wrestle what last week, two weeks ago, something like that. Um, and then you kept you basically at that early on in the match told me this match doesn't fucking matter because you kept cutting away from it. Um, and then at the end of the day, it was a bullshit roll up that doesn't make anyone look better. Um, nope. Nobody gets anything out of this match, and you just basically told us to not fucking pay any attention to this kind of match when it's on TV because you just kept cutting away from it. Yeah, they made it seem like it was just a. <laughs> And they didn't give a shit about it. This was the way AEW would treat a women's match. And, and, and NXT yeah. is usually better than that. And I was very, very disappointed the way they did this. Very disappointing. We go to 
a man that we haven't seen on NXT in a couple months since War Games. One Pat McAfee is on a jet about to fly away so he can go and go on vacation. Uh, basically, he was just saying he was right all along about Adam Cole. He's nothing. He doesn't care about anybody but itself. And we need to do hashtag Pat was right. Again, fucking nailed it on a promo again. You know what this reminded me of? And that is? Do you remember years ago when Hogan turned and joined the NWO and Bobby Heenan was like, see, I've been telling you guys all along this guy was a piece (laughs) of shit. That... Okay. <laughs> McAfee, like, y'all turned against me when all I was doing was telling you this guy was a piece of shit, and now he's proven to you he was a piece of shit the whole time. Um, so may, that makes McAfee look like a baby face. It does. It does. Uh, but he was never a baby face either. It was just like, I was telling you this all along. Sometimes you can have a heel who just hates another heel, and it works. And they're not. They hate the other faces, too, and they still align with heels, but they just have a certain heat with a certain heel, and that's fine. Um, but, uh, that also wouldn't shock me as a setup to the fact that Adam Cole is now working with Pat McAfee somewhere down the line too. So I could totally see them doing that. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I think, I mean, I, I believe we talked about this a couple of, it was a news article that Pat just needs a fucking break from everything. So, yeah. but this, it was good to see him. I mean, have you seen Pat knows McAfee's me, wife? I did. Troy yeah. showed me her last week, yeah. and wouldn't you want to take a vacation? Yes, <laughs> yes, I would. All right, here you go. My goodness, yeah. If you haven't seen Pat McAfee's wife, look her up. You will not regret it. Speaking of fine-looking women, dinner time, and her guest is Kushida, who has an ice pack around his neck. And did you see who was in the background with a random ice pack on their leg? Probably, but who was it? Jake Atlas. Yes, yes, I did see that. He was just hanging on the back with an ice pack. But on you know, his I leg. sort of like that because it made it feel like a legit trainer's room and not just a setup. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I mean, it would have helped if uh, Jake Atlas had wrestled earlier on the show, but true. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what happened? I think I pulled my quad when I got out of my car. You got an ice pack? Oh, I pulled a nice uh, Kevin Nash. Yeah. Ah! Um, Kushida says he is not done with Johnny in the North American Championship. He's then interrupted by Bronson Reed for some fucking reason. Um, congratulates Kushida on the 25 minutes with Johnny, but not winning. It's kind of weird. Uh, but he says he wants a shot at the North American Championship because he has unfinished business with Johnny. When the hell did they run into each other? They had a match, and I don't know if it was like, was it a qualifier for a tournament or something. There, there was a match between the two at some point, and I forget when it was or what the stakes for it were. Oh, was it for the ladder match? Might have been. For the North American Championship? I think, that, I think that might have been, yeah. Oh, well, I mean. But Reed ended up winning that, so. He, 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 no, no, no. He won the triple threat uh, last shot uh, to get in. There was a triple threat match between Gargano, Bronson Reed, and Roderick Strong for the North American title. Okay, because I was going to bring up the, the in the ladder match, 
Reed jumped off the top of the ladder into a splash on the Johnny with Candace on his back too. And that was July so, of 2020. So I, I think you've, you know, when you have a man's wife on your back and you splash him off the top of the ladder, yeah. I think your business is settled. And when I have to look up what your business is, it's probably not a storyline you need to waste time with. Yeah, probably not. Um, so he walks away, and then Malcolm Bisquick interrupts him, and Kushida's like, what the fuck, man? Why are all these people interrupting me? Uh, and he wants Kushida to have a match tonight, and he's going to discuss it with Mr. Regal. Yeah, one, well, he says, I've got just the guy for you, and never says it. And it's like, well, gee, I wonder who the fuck it is. Gee, I wonder. Mystery. <laughs> Mystery opponent. Isaiah Swerve Scott versus Leon Ruff, who's... What the See, fuck? We- what the fuck? Do we really fucking need Leon Ruff on TV every fucking week with the amount of people who don't get TV time right now? Yep. Can we not throw, like, AG in here? No Thatcher, no Champa. They weren't on the pay-per-view. Nothing. <sighs> like, but Leon Ruff has to have a spot every fucking week. Win, lose, I don't give a shit, but this guy, I like, he's fine. I don't have a problem with Leon Ruff, but first off, he should be in the cruiserweight division where you can mm-hmm. take him more seriously as a threat. But second of off, like, I don't need him on TV every goddamn week. It's getting ridiculous. Move over. There's plenty of other fucking talent that needs TV time. Jake Atlas. When was the last time Jake Atlas was on TV? It's been a while. Uh, yeah, I think three weeks ago, maybe. Wait, did he work last week? I don't know. No, no, no. I don't know. Anyway, the last match he had was in the uh, tag team tournament, and his partner was Scott. Oh, there you go. So, would make a ton of sense for him to have a one-on-one match with Scott here. No, he was busy ice packing his knee in the back for some reason. <laughs> Anywho, uh, a couple of arm drags by Ruff, then the, the jump rope escape ending in a drop kick. Uh, Sorry, I, I thought, I, I'm amazed that he pulled that move out. So we rarely see that from from Leon Ruff. This is the opposite of what I was talking about with GY Grizzled Young Vets earlier. The whole, um, you know, uh, he didn't do it. He didn't do it the last time he was on because we specifically pointed it out. Okay, so one out of 20 matches on TV, he hasn't done it. Uh, ducked line and Scott hits a stiff knee. Wait, which then match a... are you talking about with him? Because uh, I'm one... pretty sure he's done it in every match, unless he did it last week when I wasn't on and, and missed it. But No, because you spe- we specifically brought up the fact that he didn't do it in one match. I think it was like maybe th- two or three weeks ago. I don't think so. I'm pretty sure we talked about the fact that he did do it in that match. No, because we talked about the fact that you told him to stop doing it, and he didn't do it in that match. I don't know. I don't remember that, but my In the tag sucks. match. It was in the tag match. I told you. I don't listen to this shit. Go ahead. Anyways, <laughs> uh, Duck Line and Scott hits a stiff knee, then a fucking brutal powerbomb into a backbreaker. backbreaker. Gross. A powerbomb across his own knee. My God, I thought he was dead. Yep. By God, that man has a family. Does he? Um, yeah, he's married to the, the female referee. 
Oh, really? Yeah. Leon Ruff is That's married to That's why he's got fucking TV time every fucking week. You didn't know that? No. The 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 African-American female referee is Leon Ruff's wife. I forget her oh. name. Off the top of my head. I, I, I have no idea. Uh, Ruff hits a double stomp to the back of the neck, but Scott recovers quickly and hits an absolute murder line on Ruff. Oof. Scott looks for a power bomb, but Ruff reverses and hits the crucifix bomb and gets an upset win. Aja Smith. What? Aja Smith is. Oh, Aja Smith is. Yeah. Uh, so Leon wins. Awesome, cool. But what happens after is amazing. Scott shakes his hands, shakes his hand, and swerve clotheslines his fucking head off, followed up by. A throwing Death Valley driver into the buckles. Not like I'm going to run into the buckle with you on my shoulder. This motherfucker tossed his ass into the turnbuckles. And he gets down and says, this is not your time, Leon. This is Swerve's time. And this is Swerve's house. Thoughts? I like the heel stuff by Swerve at the end. Mm-hmm. I have no need for Ruff to be on TV. I certainly had no fucking need for Ruff to win this match. Uh, Swerve lost to Bronson. He lost to Jake Atlas. He continues to lose. And he's already done the heel turn. Now, I understand if he was a face and we were still sort of fueling the heel turn. He's done the heel turn. He's been healing it up for a while now. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about Johnny when he first did his turn and how I hated the heel turn at the beginning because he completely changed his persona, but he kept losing big matches, which was the whole thing, which is the whole basis behind his heel turn. It didn't change anything for him. Mm -hmm. Swerve is the same way. He's made that heel turn, but it hasn't changed anything. He's still losing to guys he shouldn't lose to. Yeah, but that's kind of like a motto in WWE in a way. They lose a bunch of matches and then they get this big push. I just, I, you can lose, like, if, again, I don't have a problem with him losing to Bronson Reed. Because yeah. I think Bronson Reed's going to be a star somewhere down the road. Um, if he were here losing to Santos Escobar, if he were here losing to even Jake Atlas, I wouldn't have a problem with it. Yeah. I don't need him losing to Leon Ruff. No, in a fluky fucking bullshit win. Right. 100%. Yeah, it's, it's time for Leon to go. I Which is to also it, the but... fluky way he beat Johnny Gargano for the North American title, by the way. Yeah. Yep. It was. Leon Ruff can uh, can head over to NXT Evolve and uh, you know we'll see him. Like I said, I think there's a spot for Leon Ruff. I think you put Leon Ruff in a cruiserweight program. I think I'd be all in for it. But not every fucking week. No, and certainly not going over guys who need to be built. Mm-hmm. Because Swerve could be a fucking star in NXT. Yeah. But nope. I'm gonna give this to Leon even though we normally do it to dick, but get the fuck off my TV. Um, Who do you think he'll face next week? Um, we got rematch. Uh, rematch with Swerve because Swerve beat him up afterwards. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> my By God. the way, speaking of people who are on TV every fucking week, We get a promo from Caden and Casey. There you go. They're on TV every fucking week now, too. 
Yeah. Now, granted, they had that that they were in that tournament run, but still, it's like the tournament <laughs> runs over now. We can sort of put someone else on TV, maybe push someone else a little bit, maybe someone who who you know hasn't just been a focal point for a couple weeks. Uh. Yeah, yeah. But. They uh they cut a promo about the happenings of last week with uh, Zia Lee, and then they're in the ring. Casey and Caden versus Aaliyah and Jesse Kamea. By the way, oh. do we need this much Jesse Kamea on TV either? <laughs> now, I'm not gonna bitch this much this week about matches and stuff like that because. We didn't have as many backstage segments this week. Fair point. So I can't, I, I, I'll judge him a little bit, but at the same time, you can't get too mad because we did get more wrestling instead of less, in, in less talk, you know? So you can't, you're going to have this shit, especially after uh, TakeOver 2. Okay, but, but everyone I'm complaining about being on TV too much was on TV too much before TakeOver. True, but they are building this storyline with Caden and K- Caden Casey and Zia Lee. Remember when Alexander Wolf came out in Imperium's match like a couple weeks ago, and they cut a promo last week, video promo last week. Yep, haven't seen him in the ring since. Nope. nope. Uh, arm drag botched by Casey to start the match, so this thing's off to a fantastic fucking start. Remember Everrise? Uh, no, haven't seen Everrise. Uh, a couple tag team moves Brizango. by Casey. Remember Brizango? They used to be on this show. Yeah. yeah no, yeah. no, not anymore. Uh, wouldn't it be a great place for uh, the grizzled young vets to cut a promo about losing in the finals two years in a row? Thank you. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah, no, right no. there. That's, that's what Leon I was with. Ruff and fucking Caden Carter and Jesse Kamei on fucking TV. Killian Dane. We could get Killian Dane on TV and start to try to do something with him. But no, well, we got uh, we got the finest. He hasn't been on in forever. Uh, you know. Suddenly, Boa appears on the rampway. Um, wheelbarrow and cutter combo by Jesse and Aaliyah gets a two. Uh, neckbreaker and frog splash combination gets a win for Casey and Caden. Uh, Zaya comes to the ringside and Casey tries to talk some sense into her. Zaya grabs Casey's wrist puts two black marks on her hand, and Zaya then tells Casey that she's going to purge her next week. Dude! She's going to pull the old ricochet on her, huh? I... Maybe it's just me. Every time I hear Casey Catanzaro speak, I dislike her more. (laughs) I think she... I don't think she cuts a bad promo. She just sounds like an idiot. And she may not be. I don't know her. But she sounds like an idiot. Like, even here, it's like, dude, what are you doing? We're a team. We were a team. We're trying to help you, dude. Like, just so fucking forced and not natural and just not how any human would speak to another human in this scenario. Um, I don't know. If I'm angry at somebody, that's how I kind of talk. Dude, what the fuck are you doing, dude? Yeah, but it wasn't even like that. 
dude, what are you doing? Right. Nice to be friends. Oh, my God. Right. <laughs> oh, God. What are we going to do? Tyler Russ is all back. I say we could turn on AEW, but Luther was on the fucking show this week, so yeah, at least I dodged that bullet last week. You got Tyler Blanchard next week, so you got even more to look forward to. Uh, Tyler Russ. I will say the event. one thing I will hold on. The one thing I will say about uh, Casey hmm. and Caden, I actually thought their in ring was pretty good. Their their tag yes. team moves, their their uh, tag team combination moves are getting really really good. And I liked mm-hmm. that they didn't go with the flying what the fuck from Casey for the win. They went with the neckbreaker frog splash combo, which I thought was really mm-hmm. nice. Um, so their in-ring stuff, I'm actually starting to really enjoy them as a team in-ring. But the promos need help. Okay. Tyler Russ sporting a fucking sweet NXT sports jacket. Man, I want that thing. <laughs> like, when was the last you... time you wore a sports jacket? Uh, actually, like, the last time I wrestled. My entrance gear. No, no, I, I thought you meant sport jacket, like a suit jacket. Oh, no, 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 it's a fucking, it's like a... <sighs> like a windbreaker? No, it's not a windbreaker. It's like, kind of like a felt material. Okay, I can't I think, think of the fuck. I, I don't think that's called a sport jacket, but that's okay. No, I know. I'm fucking stupid, okay? <laughs> it, it looks sporty, all right, for Christ's sake. Not like fancy sporty, like sporty. Oh, shit. Well, thank you for oh. clearing that up. Um, But, yeah, I want the fucking jacket, but my guess is it's um only if you're signed with the company. Because it had the Adidas symbol. It was a really fucking nice jacket. I'm really jealous. Um, and Malcolm Bisquick cuts a promo and tells us he's going to be having a match with Kushida tonight. Gee, didn't see that coming. Hmm. Then we cut to Beth Phoenix in the ring with the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Tournament Trophy. Uh, she then goes on to quote Dusty Rhodes saying, If you are behind her, the view never changes. That's a fucking fantastic line. Love it. Yeah, that's that's been a line they've used a lot. <laughs> so. That's the only time I've caught it, but I like it. I like it. Um, she then introduces, well, we get a replay of the finals for both the men and women's matches from Vengeance Day. Uh, MSK is introduced first and get in the ring cutting promos, and they both hug Beth. Yeah. Um, they then make it clear that March 3rd, MSK versus one and two for the NXT tag team championships. Um, Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez is then introduced, uh, as, as Kai. Oh, wait, sorry. Yeah. As Kai is cutting a promo talking about, was that kind of a baby face promo from Kai? Yeah, and I like the fact and the jean jacket was kind of a baby face look for her too. Yeah. Um the thing that sort of stood out to me, um both teams share the same trophy. I guess, yeah. Shouldn't there be different trophies? For yeah. two separate tournaments? Yeah. That was weird. <laughs> a little bit. 
Like, we're bringing you out for your trophy presentation. Here's your trophy. Oh, here's this other team. Here's their trophy. Like, <laughs> um, so as Kai is cutting a promo, Shayna Baszler's music hits. Welcome home, Shayna Baszler. And, oh, she brought her tag-along buddy, Nia Jax. <laughs> MSK politely holds the ropes for Shayna and, ba- Shayna and Nia as they get in the ring. That was very gentleman-like well, of them. Well, uh, they did it for Raquel and Dakota when they came out. So Oh, did, okay. Yeah. I, I so the, the joke here was that then... Like, I think it was Wesley held the ropes open for Nia, and she did one of those, and he, like, fell backwards. <laughs> yeah. Oh, real shit. Uh, so MSK just sits in the corner. Don't hurt me. Phoenix. Don't do a spot and hurt me. Uh, Kai introduces Raquel to Shayna and Nia, and she tells... What? And she tells we're killed that Sheena. So, so so she tell so she tells Raquel that this is Naya, she's big, and this is Shayna. She ran away after after Rhea kicked kicked her ass. Yeah. So definitely baby promo ask here from them. Uh, So. I don't care what anybody fucking says, okay? They then show MSK and Beth Phoenix in the fucking corner, munching the fuck out on popcorn, just gazing at what is going on in front of them. It's already a gif, for the record. I need to fucking get it, because it was fucking fantastic. I know... And I was, as soon as this happened, I was like, I wonder how Jason feels about this, because I know you, when you hate, you hate when serious moments are ruined by comedy. But this is MSK's gimmick. Like, this is this is who they are. So it, it fits their character. So I didn't have a problem with it. And I love so- <laughs> I loved the sort of serious, straight-edge Beth Phoenix being involved in it, too. <laughs> sort of made it funnier. That's the part that fucking got me laughing yeah. even fucking harder, yeah. was she's just... Munching on a popcorn, like just staring at what is unfolding here, that made it that much fucking better. And I fucking started dying laughing. My boy even asked me, "Like, what are you laughing?" I was like, "Don't worry about it, kid. It's fucking hilarious." There. Um. So Naya goes on to say some stuff. Naya says Dusty told her that she is the biggest, baddest bitch. Most beautiful. You are one big, bad, beautiful bitch, baby. Yeah, and which Raquel, has to be a violation of something in the fucking employee handbook, right? Like, I don't think I, I could walk around where I work and just say, walk up to someone, "You are a big, beautiful, badass bitch, baby." No, I mean, in the wrestling business, it's different. Uh, Raquel then fires back and says, "Well, all the respect to Dusty and God rest his soul, but." He never met me. Great response. Fucking awesome. Um, Raquel has really started to embrace this badass dude, character. She is. She's going places if she it keeps. Felt, you know. it, at first, it felt a little forced, like she wasn't comfortable doing it. She's mm-hmm. really found the character now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Raquel proceeds to tell. Um, Raquel proceeds to tell. 
She's going to show that. She, okay. So my, my apologies. Raquel proceeds to tell Shayna and Naya she's going to shove that trophy so far up her hole, she'll never get it out. The boot, but yeah. And which one's Carter and which one's Lee? I apologize. Uh, Lee is the black man. Okay, you know where I'm going with this. Wesley acts like he passes the fuck out on the mat. And it was like that gift where it's like, oh, shit, no. (laughs) It's just everybody freaking out. That's what it was. Oh, my God. So, and Beth and his partner just fucking fan him and try to wake him up. Yeah. This entire fucking segment, in my opinion, was fucking beautiful. And, and, and the fact that it did that with Nia involved is impressive. Yes, because everybody knows how much I fucking can't stand that woman. And between showing the goofiness of MSK, Raquel, and obviously we know Kai can cover promo. Yeah. Raquel firing back at Nia with short lines, but they were top quality shit. Yeah. Um,. Kai and Raquel obviously not backing down from the ta- women's tag team championships. Yeah. Uh, and then we get the uh, confirmation that March 3rd, the women's tag team championships will be on the line against Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez on NXT TV. Yep. I'm already in love with this because <laughs> I, I, again, uh, it takes a lot for me to be interested in something with Nia, but I, uh, if they don't put these titles on Raquel and Kai, they're fucking stupid. Well, I don't know that that's actually true. Because here's the thing. The longer those titles are on Raquel and Kai, the longer we wait to push Raquel and Io into the program that we know is coming. And I don't know how long you can hold off on that. Raquel is hot as a pistol right now. I worry too much tag team time will sort of take some of that shine off of her. I I get it, but at the same time, I I think I think this this trust me her her match with Rhea was really good, and her all of her other single stuff has been good. But I I actually really enjoy her as in, in the tag team. So but, but I do you want to waste her on a tag team division that doesn't have many tag teams? It feels like it's sort of a waste of where she could go. She could be a mega superstar as a, as a women's champion. Yeah, but well, why rush it? Well, because you... So so we had that same approach with Rhea Ripley, and now where's she at? She feels as cold as she's ever been. Well, that's fucking... Uh, that's Vince's fault 100%. Well, I'm talking about before she even got called up. Before we got to... I mean, when she lost that title to Charlotte, and then went sort of like floundering around a little bit in programs that didn't matter with like Robert Stone and shit like that. And it's like when you get distracted, when you're on this sort of meteoric rise and then you get distracted and get thrown into stuff that's not as important, it takes some of the the, the push away from the shine off of you and the interest away from the fans. I understand that, but I think not only would this help Raquel as winning a championship, I think it would help the women's tag team division as well with them as champions. Maybe, but how much does Vince utilize them on the main roster too? And that, that's the problem, but maybe Tripp's like, yeah, I'm going to just keep those down here for a while. 
Maybe, but then, I don't know. There's, there's a bunch of different shit they can do with it, but... The one thing I, I will I, say is I really liked that they, they played into the prior story between Shayna and Dakota. Where, yep. Um, yep. Dakota said, I'm not the same person I was when you left here. So I, I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she said she'd kick her right in her fucking face. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, if they win it, I mean, you won't hate it if they win the tag team titles, will you? No, I won't hate it, but I will hope it's a quick sort of transition to um, Caden and Casey or Indy and Candice or somebody else. Okay. All right. All right. Um, that is the one thing. I, I guess NXT is the place where you have enough sort of teams in the female division that you could get away with huh. um, hiding those titles down there for a little bit, more so even than the main roster. <clears throat> Instead of Nia just putting... Lana threw a fucking table every week. Up nothing. Um, well, the tables in NXT aren't as sturdy, so I don't know if she could even pull it off. True. true. <laughs> uh, moving on, we get a video of our back of Roderick Strong and Kyle O'Reilly arguing outside. Uh oh. We then get a video of Cameron Grimes. <laughs> How great would it be? So first off, this was on Takeover. This video, they just yes. sort of replayed it. Video's great. Um, yes. But how great would it be if they like in the middle of commentary during the show, and Tony Storm just comes out with a sledgehammer and just destroys the fucking announce table because <laughs> it cost her the title? <laughs> I wouldn't mind that at all. I think that would be fantastic. You do a storyline where Tony's very anti-table. <laughs> I am the table. Uh so it, sort of like Johnny with wheels, but yeah. <laughs> if you haven't seen this Cameron Grimes video, uh, <laughs> to the moon, his stocks went to the moon, and the the only thing he says in this music video is to the moon, over and over and over again, but with like a rap song happening. Yeah, that's Josiah Williams wrestling flow doing that. Okay, uh, fantastic. Uh, but after the video, they show Cameron Grimes and he crashed and wrecked his Lamborghini. But he says, I don't care. I'll just go buy another one <laughs> and walks away. And of course, this this whole thing is based on the fact that he actually want, made a bunch of money in the stock market. So they found this out and they worked it into his character, which is great. So... He didn't legitimately... Yeah, shoot. Made a bunch of money. Oh, he did yeah. do the GameStop thing. Yeah. Oh, dude. Good for him. Yeah. I think I've read That's he, amazing. He made six figures off of it. So, yeah. I don't know if it was GameStop specifically, or if it was maybe been like AMC Theaters, or one of, the, one of the things that they were... It had to have been GameStop, because people were making a lot yeah. of fucking money off of that. Yeah. But, uh... Man, I'm so mad I wasn't in that Reddit group that <laughs> planned that. I'm so mad. Because if you, like, I think it was if you invested two hundred thousand dollars, two hundred dollars, you won like twenty thousand dollars. You got like a two hundred or something like that. Yeah. Uh, oh well, I hate money. Uh, we then go back to Io Shirai was getting a photo shoot, but was attacked by Tony the Booty Storm. I'm kind of disappointed here. What? I wanted Mercedes to get the next one-on-one, not Tony. 
No, I thought Tony should have had a one-on-one before, and I thought Tony and EO looked great in their time together in the triple threat, so I'm fine with it. I just, To me, look, I love Mercedes. I've been a fan of hers way before NXT uh, when she used to work around here for NECW. Um, she needs to be established in NXT. She wasn't really established the first time around. And then she left, and then she came back, and she was immediately thrust into a title program. No. I need to see her beat up some bitches for a little bit first. <laughs> beat up some bitches. Um, so we're getting Tony the Booty Storm and uh, Io Shirai for next, uh, whenever the fuck they're going to have that match. <laughs> next up, we get Kushida versus Tyler Rust. Uh, light chain to begin the match for a couple minutes. And by the way, who took the pin in that triple threat match? Uh, Tony Tony Storm. Oh, Mercedes, I'm sorry. So Tony's got beef, right? Legitimate beef. Storyline, kayfabe-wise, that Mercedes doesn't have. Kind of, but... Uh, Handspring back elbow by Kushida. Tyler looks very hesitant with how he's working. Um, I don't know. He he just looked off. I don't know if it was timing or what, but... um, the top rope spot was where I really. Yeah. So Kushida's on the top and Rust just runs up and grabs Kushida's ankle. He was supposed to pull him off, but he just. I uh, Something happened here. Kushida kind of just jumped off. Lands on his feet and then takes a back bump. It was weird. Yeah. It looked uh, ugly, whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, Russ looks to take control, but Kushida wisely takes a powder on the outside. By the way, did uh, you catch the part that earlier in the match where they did like this? The Kushida slid through Rust's legs, and then Rust just randomly puts his hands between his legs so Kushida could flip him. Like yes. his hands weren't there. Usually in that spot, you try to grab the guy as he's going down through you, mm-hmm. so that his hands are there. Rust didn't put his hands there, so then when Kushida got through, Rust was like, "Oh fuck!" and just like dipped his hands between his legs. It was like. <laughs> Really yeah. looked awkward. Yeah, you're gonna fucking that that yeah, it's something I, was off with him tonight. I did finally figure out what bothers me about Tyler Rust though. What's that? The lack of knee pads. We've had this conversation on the show before. Oh uh, yeah. Dudes with trunks and knee no knee pads freak me the fuck out. So <laughs> I'm just watching a dude in his underwear at that point. Like you have a certain uh-huh. dude, there's a certain work ensemble that you need as a professional wrestler and knee pads are part of it. It's just, it's an accessory that's, that should just at this point be required like baseball players wearing socks. But, um, Russ did have some nasty and, and nice ax kick, ax kicks in this match. Oh, I was right? getting there. Okay. I was getting there. Uh, inverted atomic drop, then a hip toss cartwheel drop kick combo followed up by a stiff punch. Then the single arm bulldog by Kushida. But, Russ gets the upper hand back and a very nice axe kick. Very nice. Um, Russ then continues to work on Kushida's neck. Uh, And then he throws on a fucking modified bow and arrow that I've never fucking seen in my life. Yeah, who's who's that? Kushida lightly, but then Kushida gets advantage and lightly hooks up the hoverboard lock. Stares at Bivens and locks on the hold, and Bivens jumps on the apron to distract the ref. It's it, 
rushed. I don't know if he gave up or what, but the bell rings, and it was just an awkward finish. Yeah. Something happened here that wasn't obvious. So, Kushida gets the win with the hoverboard lock, and I don't know, something fucking, something was weird here. Yeah. Something's uh, missed. Um, yeah, I mean, Frost just needs to not be so hesitant with stuff. Yeah. That's all. But overall, it was an okay match. All right. We then get a video package for Zoe Stark, and she's up next. Uh, But before that, uh, we get an earlier today video with L.A. Knight. And I didn't take any notes on this promo because it was fucking fire. Yeah, it was great. Uh, great, great fucking promo. Fantastic. This guy can talk him into the building, I'm telling you. He can. Uh, and then he said, uh, if you ever come back here talking to the cameraman, he's like, I'll punch you right in your face. It's like, yeah. You ever show up here without my knowledge, I'll punch you in the face. Yeah. It's good. Uh, fantastic promo. And he just goes off the cuff, and it's just like it's it's magic the way he's out there. Mm-hmm. He's great. I'm so happy he's here now. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm excited to see his in ring work. That's that might leave you a little di- like he's not bad, but he's not NXT style. Like he's more, well, you never know. He might he, how long has he been off TV for? He's more of your old school like power type of wrestler, like slower, more methodical. Like, I can deal with that. He sells pretty well, so. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. We'll see. Zoe Stark versus Valentina Ferros. Ferros. Um uh, Formerly known as Rita Reese. We've seen her on NXT a few times. She's a WWE product. She hasn't, as far as I know, hasn't wrestled anywhere else. Uh, last time we saw her was Zia Lee was beating her on the January 13th edition. Uh, prior to that, Mercedes Martinez beat her last december so she she's around every now and then she was in that big women's battle royal that they did with all the people who we never see before and haven't seen since um but yeah so okay uh very small jobber match release half nelson suplex by zoe and it looks like it's pretty much done here zoe hits a sliding knee and then she hits a Back flippy GTS move and it's over. So Zoe was the former Lacey Ryan, one of the th- when they signed that Priscilla Kelly group, Elena mm-hmm. Black. She was that third person that, that was in there. Uh, teamed with uh, Marina Shafir in the Women's Dusty. Um, thought her look was very generic. She's got to do something to sort of stand out more. Uh, her in-ring was great. Uh, she is going to be really fucking good in this division if she can work continue to work like that uh with the look she has very physical like strong looking woman um you that, know i mean is is as awful as it is to talk about this woman right now because of all the shit that's going on but you know who she almost reminded me of jazz oh i i, I didn't get that but um Sort of reminded me of a little bit of a better wrestler, Lacey Evans. Sort of strong, blonde, you know, powerful. Um, but like I said, looks very generic. Like, yep, yep. Um, she looked like she, she had the Dino Dino Bravo symbol. 
she should uh, she looked like she should be on AEW Dark, not NXT. So she needs to a uh, little bit of a image makeover, but I'm sure that will come with time. But the in ring stuff was great. Um, that half of that release half and half where she's fucking tossed her was Ooh. nasty. Uh, and she's got an edge to her, and her, she's believable. I, I enjoyed her very much in this, and uh, looking forward to seeing what they do with her. Yeah, um, I mean, it's just another talented female that is in the NXT locker, women's locker room. And she's, she's a beautiful woman. To some, yeah. <laughs> we get a video promo by the beautiful Scarlet in, I guess, Karen Cross. <laughs> Have you uh, noticed but, that they, they've they've recently started to let Cross cut more promos himself? Yes. Yep. Uh, and I think that's great because I think that's something he's really good at. Actually, his his cadence, his tone, the I love because he's like this this fucking madman in the ring. I love how sort of calm and measured he is in his promos. I think it's like so, so diametrically opposed to the character he gives us in the ring. I, I love Karrion Cross as a talker. Um, Scarlet's great too, but I'm really happy that they've started to let him show that that skill that he has. Oh yeah, and uh, I can tell you right now, Scarlet was basically orgasming uh, as Cross was speaking. So I think she's in agreement with you on that, sir. Uh, and I orgasmed about third times as she was talking too. So. Not for not. How big was the jizz puddle around you? Ah, oh, dude, there was so much. It was unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> I had to swim out that bitch. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, oh, he he basically said he's gonna fucking murder. Escobar. That's basically yeah. like the gist of his fucking promo. Yeah. Uh, oh, ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for your main event of the NXT rundown. <laughs> Oni Lorcan, Danny Birch, and Pete Dunne versus Kyle O'Reilly, Finn Balor, and Roderick Strong. So right off the entrances, did you see? So Roddy comes out. Yep, I, I had that. Yep. Okay, go ahead. Then I'll, yep. go ahead. Uh, Strong poses at the top of the ramp for, you know, the Undisputed Era, and Kyle just walks right past him. Roddy's like, what the hell, man? So Trying so to pose he, up there, brother. So here's a question. Who do you think gets the music in the divorce? Oh, I don't know, man. Because only it's one of be- them, only one of them should keep it. And to me, it's got to be Adam Cole because you've got the boom and the Adam Cole baby built in, entrenched in people's minds so much. <sighs> but you're I think gonna... Kyle gets it. I don't think so. Kyle, it, it's it's I think way Kyle's... more baby face type now. But, but Kyle's like the fresh new star. He needs something that's his own, not somebody else's. That's true. But it's got to have guitar, because we've got an air guitar to the ring. We can't lose lose that. No, no, absolutely not. Speaking of which, if you've seen Kyle O'Reilly's action figure, uh, they have him in the air guitar pose with the NXT tag team title. It's fucking amazing. And where does Bobby Fish come in when he gets back? 
We don't even know what Bobby Fish thinks of all of this. Uh, you know, I hate. I don't want to say this, but I'm going to. I think Bobby Fish might be done. Oh, I don't think so. I think, if anything, I think we're going to get Fish Strong Fish as a tag team. I mean, I'm I'm okay with that. I mean, I I I don't mind that, but I really enjoy O'Reilly and Fish as a tag team. I don't think O'Reilly's going back to tag team at this point. Oh God, no, 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 no. But I mean, Strong Fish. I don't I'm think, okay with that. I don't think they have a. I don't think they have any desire to have Bobby Fish as a singles guy at this point. So no, I think Strong Fish is where we're going to end up. Is my guess. So, and that's what I mean. Poor fish. But, but are they aligned with Kyle, or are they aligned with Adam, or are they on their own doing their own thing? I, I think they go on their own. Okay, we'll see. I, I, they, they don't want to be caught in the divorce like Maybe. children. Maybe. But we'll see what happens. Yeah. Anyways, main event time. Uh, Oni and Kyle start, and Kyle comes out, pissed the fuck off, and just started fucking throwing shots left and rights. Mm-hmm. Uh. Kyle then goes for a tag, but he won't tag Strong because he doesn't know where he stands, so he tags Finn. Eventually, Strong says, fuck this, and tags himself in, and gets a little offense, but then starts to take a little bit of heat. The ref is distracted, and Strong is on the outside. Oni and Birch take apart the stairs and throw them violently, making fucking loud-ass crashing noises. Uh, Strong says, fuck this. Boots gets away from them, and then uh, Hangman's uh, Pete Dunn and tags Kyle with a little bit of a weird spot. Talking about the stairs being thrown. Like, I didn't understand that. I really don't understand why they had to violently throw them. I don't know if it was... Because it was to set up the spot for Adam Cole later. Well, no, I know, but it was like they just... It was a kayfabe way to clear that top section of the stairs. Well, no, no, I, I, I get that. But, I don't know, I just feel like throwing the stairs like that was, uh, I don't know if it was like a symbol to Cole under the ring, or, I, I don't know. Because I don't know if Cole ran from the back, spoiler, Cole interferes, but, um, I don't know. It just seemed off to me that they, I don't know, weird. But anyways, Kyle goes for the running knee off the apron, but Birch moves out of the way, and Pete Dunn is staying there and hits a brutal forearm as that we go to Bob's. Yeah, it was a nice little spot there. I don't think Kyle was selling necessarily there. I think he might have got stiffed a little bit. I got stiffed a little bit, but hey, that's the biz. Um, Riley takes some serious heat. Uh, he starts to fight back and hits a double clothesline with Birch, and they get the double down. Hot tag to Finn, and he hits a clothesline and a low drop kick to Pete Dunn's leg. Double stomp <clears throat> it, to only big punt to Birch, and he puts the boots to him. I don't know what the fuck I was trying right there. Anyways, oh, on to Birch and puts the boots to him. Uh Strong takes out Birch and Oni, leaving just Finn and Pete in the ring. Finn sets up the shotgun dropkick to dropkick Pete, but Birch tries to hand Pete the title, and the ref looks to stop it. Finn runs in with the shotgun dropkick, 
And he drop kicks Pete into the referee. Finn sends Finn looks to hit the drop zone, but as he's at the top, out comes Adam Cole, pushes pushing Balor off the top into the referee again. Cole turns his attention to Kyle and pump kicks him right in the face, then delivers a brain buster on the stairs that were broken up by Oni and Birch earlier. That what what did that look like to you? Gross. There you go. Two grosses in one episode. I got to calm down. I don't want to have a gross every episode. I don't want to overdo it. Uh, (laughs) I'll tell that to the guys and girls in NXT. (laughs) Strong takes out Oni on the inside as he looks to hit Finn with the belt. Oni, that is. Uh, Strong then picks up the title and looks to help Balor, but he tabs Balor on the back and Balor Pele kicks Strong. Uh, Finn realizes what he has done, and Pete comes from behind and delivers the bitter end, and your winners are one, two, and done. Thoughts on the match before we get to the after stuff? It was all right. It's typical six-man tag fodder. Huh. I mean, if you didn't see Cole interfering, you're blind. <laughs> I love the fact that they just released T-shirts that say "Undisputed Era Forever." Yeah, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> after the match, Beller picks up his title after recovering from the bitter end, and he turns around and gets super kicked in the face by Adam Cole. By the way, they don't—they don't pin Finn Balor very often in NXT. No, I think the the last time that happened was. Oof. Was it Grimes? Yes. Was that the one? Okay. Yep. That was a very long time ago. So, um, they clearly are, are still keeping done at the top of the card because he just did something not, not many people in NXT do. But but it's very muddled now because I don't know where we go. Do we <sighs> go... I, well, go ahead. Finish the thing, and we'll talk about it after. Okay. Uh, just uh, Cole just picks up the championship and holds it high over his head as we go off the air. Uh, so, so from a subtlety standpoint, I love that because it was Cole basically telling us this was always just about the title. This is my title. I, Kyle was going for my title, and that's why he had to be taken out. Sort of like when. Uh, Randy Orton won the championship and Triple H didn't, and he got kicked out of um, Evolution. Yep. Sort of that same vibe. Um, but here's the thing. So now they, they've sort of drawn the line now of Finn versus Cole for the title. So where do you where do you go? Do you go to Kyle versus? Do you hold Kyle out with this quote unquote injury? Oh no. Um, do you? No, it's, no, it's you, a fucking four way dance, dude. You think? Oh, easily. See, I don't want that though. I want Cole. It's gonna happen though because I want you have Cole four and O'Reilly one on one. I understand that, but we'll get there unless they do Adam uh, versus uh, Cole versus Dunn versus Finn. Q 
keep Kyle out, but Kyle costs Adam the championship Maybe. in that I triple threat match. Yeah. Because we're definitely getting O'Reilly versus Cole. And I feel like I feel like Cole's getting the title back, and O'Reilly will be will get that crowning moment by beating Adam Adam Cole oh. eventually. Oh, it's fantastic booking. I love it. And if you've ever seen their their match at Final Battle, you want to go back and watch Cole versus Adam uh, versus Kyle O'Reilly. It's fantastic. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. So, I mean, we're, we're just going to have to wait and see what they do with this angle because you have four people entangled in this angle. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, for sure. See? So. Oh, that's... Uh, I, I, uh, no match really sticks out to me this week for it to be like... No, oh. if, I had to, if I had to suggest something to go back and watch, it would be MSK in the middle of that promo. Yes. Uh, during the Dusty Cup. That, to me, was the highlight of, of the show. Yep. I I wholeheartedly agree with that, sir. So yeah. just go watch the Dusty Cup. Uh, and Kyle's of, promo so, at the top was good, too. You can watch yeah, that. it was good, yeah. yeah. Okay. So pro, we hated promos a couple weeks ago, but this week that's the only thing that was good. Mm. <laughs> As always, we want to thank you guys for giving us a listen. It's always appreciated. Um, please visit rundownwrestling.com. Go back, listen to some old school shows. Listen to AG on here on this very network. Uh, go back and listen to some old stuff. If you want to listen to some, get some nostalgia feeling. We have, how many episodes are we up to on, I think it's like 600 overall of all of our episodes on this network. Easily. Yeah. We were, we did 500 of the original rundown. So, Oh, I think we ended at 421, didn't we? Did we? And then we did specials that were numbered, too, though. So okay, I yeah. So I don't remember. Go back and listen to our old stuff, man. The original stuff is quite some good gems in there. Mm. So uh, don't forget to rate us. Give us ratings. Whatever, po- uh, whatever you listen to our podcasts on, whatever platform, give us a rating. We'll read them on the air. We appreciate those five stars, definitely. And if you want to leave us a comment, we'll read them. Also, you can uh, leave comments on rundownwrestling.com to each individual mm-hmm. episode. There's a section for their comments uh, specific to those episodes. Yeah, if you want to call us out on some bullshit, fucking have at it, ladies and gentlemen. Well, Jason, I think that's going to do it uh, here on the NXT Rundown. Why don't you, uh, why don't you give us that old, old send-off, buddy? Oh, I guess that means we will NXT you next time. No, I said, are you ready? I hate you. Goodbye, people. been listening to a rundown wrestling network production please visit rundownwrestling.com for all of our shows as well as our other special events 
Keep it locked there or subscribe to the Rundown Wrestling Network on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, Stitcher Premium, or anywhere you get your podcast from. Leave us a voice message that we will play on an episode by going to anchor.fm slash rundownwrestling slash message. Join our Patreon at patreon.com slash rundownwrestling. You can show us how much you love us by buying us a cup of coffee for just one buck at ko-fi.com slash rundownwrestling. Go to reddit.com slash r slash rundownwrestling. Follow us on Twitter at Rundown Network. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rundownwrestling. Email the show your dick pics and twat shots via rundownwrestling at gmail.com. Or go to Instagram or YouTube and look for Rundown Wrestling. Follow us on Twitch by going to twitch.tv slash rundownwrestling. And you can also follow our host Adam on twitch.tv slash the saleser effect. This has been a Rundown Wrestling Network production. <laughs>